Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Hi, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. As we are here on our Sunday morning tradition, it is that being said on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And a fine Sunday to you, as we were not on air last week, as Sunny was on that. The business of Champions Indoor Football Road Trip as we were taking care of some business last weekend we're unable to be on, but the Clearwater should be joining us here for in a moment for a while. But since we're talking about Champions Indoor Football, we might as well start out with it for folks that don't know, we cover it all here. Uh, and this is my favorite time of the year. I mean, you go off the NFL season. And then it rolls right into pretty much the football season, which is something that I'm obviously a big fan of. And this time of the year now where the seeding is happening in the playoffs for champions indoor football, it's a big time. So uh, we might as well get to that as we're going to be talking a little bit about that here to start the show. We usually do that till Cuervo gets in. But let's talk a little bit about Champions Indoor Football and the standings in Champions Indoor Football. Because of our locals, we have two teams in this league right here, right down here in the Dallas area. But let's start in the north where the – Sioux City Bandits are on top of that conference at eight and two. Omaha Beef are in second place at seven and three. The Bloomington Edge, they're at six and four. The Bismarck Bucks four and six. West Michigan three and eight. Two and eight for the Kansas City Phantom and one and ten for Salina. Over in the South, where the two teams in this area play, there's been a shakeup. At the top, and we'll talk about that. Dodge City, eight and two. The Amarillo Venom, they improved to eight and two. We'll talk about that here in a moment. The Texas Revolution, they have dropped to third place in this conference at seven and three. Followed by the Wichita Force, who've made a move to six and four to move ahead of our other local team, the Dallas Marshals who are now 6-4. and four. The Duke City Gladiators, they are 5-5 five and five on the season. All six of these things still in contention. Some people are not looking at something, and they're going to forget about it, but we'll talk about it. And the Centex Calvary 0-10, they are out of the playoffs. All seven teams in the Northern are still alive, including the Duke City Gladiators. And some folks didn't look at the schedule, didn't see what was happening. Um, when you talked about the Duke City Gladiators or where they are 
in the standings. So let's talk about Geek City, who are 5-5 five five out on the season. They are scratching for a playoff spot, and they help their chances at that on Friday. If they got a victory over the Texas Revolution, and that was a big game for them, and proved them to 5-5, five and five, as they beat the Texas Revolution 35-28 to 28 on Friday night. The Marshals played last night. We'll talk about them a little bit later in this segment here. But Amarillo got a big victory on Friday night as well over the Syntex Calvary, which shot them up to 8-2. and two. So the combination of that loss of that Texas Revolution to the Duke City Gladiators put the – Venom in second place behind Dodge City. Now, there's no head-to-head for Dodge City in Amarillo. So, since they're tied in the standings, it goes by the point against stat. And the lowest on the points against stat moves in, and that was 486 Dodge City. And the Amarillo Venom at 543 moves them into second. Now, Texas still holds on to third place. They have not clinched a playoff berth uh, as far as that's concerned. They have a cool schedule for the last two games. We'll talk about that in a moment. The Dallas Marshals, they took the loss last night. Let's talk about that. That was a huge game for the Marshals because they were taking on the Wichita Force, which in turn, the winner of that would slide into fourth place regardless of what happened with any other team. And that's exactly what happened. The Wichita Force have been on a force. They have been playing really good football, and they are trying to position themselves into the playoffs. And they've got, and we're, I'm going to talk about their schedule here in a minute. Salina, they have not gotten the victory yet. They are 0-11. Uh, what, I marked that. Salina is well, – hold on one second because there seems to – there it is. Salina got a victory for the season. They beat the Bloomington Edge 47-34 to for their first victory of the season. And the Edge – in that North, dropped to six and four in third place in that conference. So, the third place position is really big in the North. As Sioux City, they've wrapped up a playoff spot. Omaha, they've wrapped up a, a playoff spot. So, the last two in the North are still being battled for. And the Beef, who are in Second place got a victory over the Western Michigan Ironmen, 42-39. to Close game there. Bandits got their victory, 67-49. to They improved to 8-2 on the season. So, with this week coming up, listen to the schedule. We talked about where the North was. The West Michigan Ironmen, who are fighting for a playoff spot, they have the edge. The edge just lost to the Salina Liberty, 47-37. to So that was a big loss for the edge. 
to where they couldn't wrap up a playoff spot. With a victory against Liberty, they could have wrapped up a playoff spot. That didn't happen. Now they got to try to get it against the West Michigan Ironmen, who are fighting for fourth place with the Bismarck Bucks. And the Bucks, they have, I guess if you want to call it the easy game, they go up against the 1-10 and 10 Salina Liberty as the Bucks are right now in fourth place of 4-6. and six. This would improve them to five and six on the season if they get the victory against the Liberty. Now, in another big game next week in Champions Indoor Football, the Texas Revolution go on the road to take on the Dodge City Law. Big time game, quite possibly the game of the season for them as they have dropped three games. They lost to the Duke City Gladiators. Now, here's what the situation here is. The Texas Revolution, they lose that game. They go to 7-4 on the season. Then they got to worry about what's going to happen with the next game for the Dallas Marshals. But wait. The Dallas Marshals are on the road taking on the Phantom, who are not having a great season. They're at two and eight out on the season. So the Marshals, they need that game, but the Kansas City Phantom, they've been playing well. Not only that, it's hard to get a victory on the road in this football league. So Dallas, if they don't watch it, if they lose that game, Dallas will sit sit at six and five out on the season. But wait, there's more. The Wichita Force are at home against the worst team in the league at 0-10. So the Wichita Force, who are 6-4, they're in third, or right now, they are in fourth place. If the Texas Revolution lose this week against the Dodge City Law and Wichita wins, they will have the same record at 7-4 and four and the Texas Revolution, last game of the season, take on the Wichita Force, which quite possibly could be for second place in the division. We want to talk about a comeback of the year. Look at the Wichita Force and what they have done so far. And if they complete the run at the end of the season, watch for them. But right here in this area, the Dallas Marshals, they're in a lot of trouble. Because not only they got to take on the Phantom, which have been playing really well this year, okay? Their last game of the season is at home against a playoff team, the Omaha Beat. So if you kind of look at what could end up happening here, the Duke City Gladiators, the Duke City Gladiators have two games left to go. They just beat the Revolution. They got the tiebreaker against the Revolution. Don't forget about this one. This one's huge. So Duke City, they get a victory against the Texas Revolution. The Duke City Gladiators, they'll improve to six and five. Then last week of the season, they take on the Dodge City Law. They would hold the tiebreaker against them as well. And if they win that game, they will improve to 7-5, and five, and they will be in the fourth-place position. There are lots of talk now. Don't forget about it. Don't forget about the Duke City Gladiators. People are sleeping on them. They should have beat the Dodge City Law last week. 
when I was actually at the game. They lost on a kickoff return with two seconds left to go out on the football field, and obviously they were unable to get the job done at with two seconds. But imagine if they would have won that game, what we would be talking about here in the North and how it – as it is, it's amazing. We're sitting with six teams in the South with the possibility to make the playoffs. So Duke City is still alive, folks. Mark my word, regardless of what anybody says, the Duke City Gladiators have a chance if they went out. So you just watch what ends up happening there in Champions Indoor Football. The South has really, really – been exciting this season. And just imagine if the Syntax Calvary could have managed to win to this point of the season, and they have not. So, where we are, as far as the season is concerned, and where people are sitting in the standings, the South gets really, really interesting. So an exciting week here in Champions Indoor Football. It's going to end off great. And Lord knows where this will end up going. So as we take a look for the rest of the season, the excitement of what Champions Indoor Football has done for the last three seasons out on the football field. First year came down to the last week. Second year came down to the final week. This week, this year could be the same thing going down to the final week to finish out who's going to be where and when and what they're going to do. Remember, the first four in each conference go to the playoffs. So right now, if it was to end, it would be Sioux City Bandits, Omaha Beef, Bloomington Edge, and the Bismarck Bucks. If it ended today, It'd be the Dodge City Law, the Amarillo Venom, Texas Revolution, and the Wichita Force with the Dallas Marshals looking in on the outside, and same thing with the Duke City Gladiators. But those final two spots in the South, they are very, very fragile for some teams. And that final spot could be figured out with that final game with the Texas Revolution. And if the Duke City Gladiators went out and if the Marshals lose uh, the uh, rest of the season as well. So the Duke City Gladiators need to see the Texas Revolution and the Dallas Marshals lose for the rest of the season. And Duke City Gliders can slide right in there into that last spot. Really great year in Champions Indoor Football. I'm proud to be a part of it, proud to be uh, working within the front office there with the director of operation position there, uh, along with Ricky Burt's commissioner. Another fine season that the Indoor Football has put together. And they have done a great job this year. And it's only going to get better as the years go on. So it something to look forward to. Now, folks, if you do get depressed after NFL, if you are in the area where they got indoor football, you've got to go check it out. In Champions Indoor Football, whether it be that uh, Champions Indoor Football, the Indoor Football League, if you're in the area, go there, check it out. Watch these young kids put it on the line for not a lot of money. 
So it's really interesting on where the uh, things sit right now. That having been said, as we are here, on that being said, it's our Sunday morning tradition. We don't have Corvo yet. He's probably still getting some coffee as I'm drinking mine. We're going to take a quick break here and uh, get our first commercials set out of the way. When we come back, we're going to talk a lot of uh, NFL talk, a lot of Major League Baseball, and don't forget the NBA. We're going to be talking about that a lot as well. So we got a lot of things that are going on here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, an exciting uh, time of the year for Sunny. Yes, you know, and it's all about me. It's about Sunday. So, Sunny, so we will do that. We're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh?
This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848. Or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. Minnesota Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Twins, that was postponed. Now, games that happened yesterday that were played. Miami got a big victory over LA in LA, 10 to 6. The Chicago White Sox, they got a big victory on the road against the Seattle Mariners. 16-1. 16-1. to Man, what a yawn fest, I mean, for fans. Arizona on the road got a huge victory as well. 9-1. to I mean, those yawn, those are some yawning games going on. Nine, um, mark that, Toronto, five, the Baltimore Orioles, who were at home, got the victory. Detroit at home got a victory over the Texas Rangers. Nine to three, then San Francisco three to one, and the Angels they were on the road to take on the Mets seven to five, and the Washington Nationals they got beat by the Atlanta Braves five to two. The Yankees got beat by the Rays nine to five. And the Cincinnati Reds beat the Colorado Rockies 12-8. to Houston got blanked by Cleveland. And they were in Houston 3 to nothing. And Pittsburgh 6, Philadelphia 3. And the Boston Red Sox, they took the loss to the Oakland A's 8-3. to 
So those were your markdown. Now, there's games going on as we speak. The Cubbies are marked at the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds. They're in the bottom of the first, no score. Top of the first, five to nothing. L.A. has jumped on the Mets in the top of the first. And the Yankees and the Rays, they're just getting started at the top of the first, and it's nothing, nothing. So, that having been said, name the name of the game. Let's go and let's take a look at the standings in Major League Baseball. And I don't know. To me, when I look at the standings of Major League Baseball, I wonder, are the Yankees back? They could be. They're a half game out of first place in the American League East, 25, uh, 24 and 16, half game behind Baltimore at 25 and 16. So, that having been said, I like seeing, I like, first of all, whenever Baltimore plays well, I'm interested. I don't know why. Maybe it's because when they play in the division with the Yankees and the Red Sox and Toronto, that any other team except Tampa Bay I would love to see do well in that in that division. So Baltimore, good luck to you for the rest of the season. And they have not been playing in baseball. They're four and six in their last ten. Yankees haven't done much better. They're three and seven in their last ten. Tampa Bay's coming on strong seven and three. So with Baltimore on top of New York, the Rays are at twenty three and twenty two and third. Boston in fourth at five hundred. They're at twenty one and twenty one in Toronto, eighteen and twenty six. The last part of that division in the Central, Minnesota, the Twins on top by a half game over the Cleveland. Indians, Minnesota 21 and 17, Cleveland 22 and 19. But the Detroit Tigers are only a game and a half out in the Central. They're 21 and 20. The Chicago White Sox, three and a half out right now. They are 19 and 22. And the Kansas City Royals, who can't get out of their way right now, as usual, after they get a little success when this you know, World Series and everything, back to where we expect the Kansas, well, Kansas City Royal fans expect them to be, you know, not very good. At 17 and 24, they're five and a half games out of first place in the Central. In the West, and whatever happened, how it happened, why it happened, I don't know, but the Houston Astros are playing great baseball. They have a six and a half game lead over the Texas Rangers. Houston is 29 and 14, the Texas Rangers 23 and 21. Followed by the Angels who are 22 and 23. They're eight games out of first place. Oakland A's have really just gone downhill. They are 20 and 23, nine games out of first place. Followed by the Seattle Mariners at 20 and 24. In the National League, Looking at the East, the Nationals, 25 and 17, have a six-game lead over the Atlanta Braves right now. Followed by the Mets, who are six and a half behind at 18 and 23. Philadelphia, will they ever get good again? 
Probably never. 15 and 25. Nine games out of first Miami. I don't even care. I, I didn't even realize they still had a team there. 15 and 27. 10 games out of first place in the East. In the Central, Milwaukee, 25 and 18. They're on top, followed by the St. Louis Cardinals, who are two and a half out right now, along with the Chicago Cubs. They're three out. They're in third place, 21 and 20. Game over 500. Cincinnati, two games under 500. 20-22, and, and then followed by the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are 19-24, and 24, six games out. That's close division there. Over in the West, Colorado 27-17 and 17. on top in the West, Arizona and the Diamondbacks. They're 26-18, and 18, just a game out. Los Angeles 25-19. and 19. They are two games out. Eight games back are the San Francisco Giants at 19 and 25. And San Diego, really, really, always want good things for them, but they can't seem to get out of their own way. They're at 15 and 30, 12 and a half back. So interesting to see where this thing could end up. And as we get closer to the wild card at, 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 toward the end of the season, I really like that wild card aspect of Major League Baseball. I really do. Makes it for a fun time if you are a baseball fan. But as far as things that are going on in Major League Baseball, you know, you know the Jays right now, I, I'm not sure what's going on. I am not sure what's going on. But there's many, many um, injuries in there on that baseball team. And uh, they got um, Russell Martin. He's actually going to start at third base, not the catching position, but at third place. He's starting there today when they take on the Baltimore Orioles. So you got to watch out for that. So, um Sanchez, Aaron Sanchez goes back up on the DL again. So watch out for that. I mean, as far as where the the Blue Jays are going, we just talked about the injuries and everything. So the Chicago White Sox, they sign a top Cuban prospect. Now it's with uh, with Luis Roberts. He's supposed to be the deal in the outfield. He's got speed. He's got uh, he's a lot of speed, and the guy hits for singles. So he's not a home run hitter, uh, but they like what they got going on. Joe Girardi was ejected yesterday. He had uh, quite the animated fun with the umpire before he got the old heave-ho in the game. Always like to see an umpire and a, and a manager get into it. But uh, that's going to be huge. Garcia's two home runs, six RBIs. And I will tell you, Esquel Garcia has been playing really good lately. But And this guy, he's kind of reminds me of the Alex Rodriguez, the only good player on the Seattle Mariners squad. So, but 
things going on. Uh, Weaver, uh, for the Padres, they put him, the uh, right-handed pitcher, they put him on the 10-day disabled list. And Kingsley is taken out with hamstring injury for Detroit. I always kind of like Dean Kinsler, although some people think that he has just got an attitude. Let's go ahead. Let's move on and um, call in. Area code 724. Welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. Thank you. I'd like to talk about that uh, Joe Girardi blow up yesterday at home plate. Uh, I I mean, what was that? Honestly. That's something my six-year-old kid would do, you know, throw dirt on the on the home plate. I know some uh, managers in the past, they've kicked dirt, but Girardi went full out on his hands and knees and was swiping dirt on the home plate. I mean, uh, you know, that brought, brought back memories of Billy Martin or something. I, I just yes. uh, how, uh, how I don't even know how old Girardi is. He's probably 50-plus, you know, on his hands and knees, uh, throwing dirt over the, the – the home plate, well, I mean, I don't know if that's immature or just it's accepted in baseball. What's your thought? Well, I don't know if it's – you know, as a guy who's been – we've been doing this show since 2009, and before I've always talked about the silliness of managers losing their mind. Okay, I, I, I don't see the point in it. Um, but it does – it's crowd entertaining. I mean, if you're getting your, you know, your ass handed to you, um, it, it's always something, you know, somewhat expected back in the days of Billy Martin losing his mind. You're right. Hey, some of the best animated craziness coming from a manager came from Billy Martin in the day. Uh, and Earl Weaver, you know, back in the 70s and, you know, in the 80s. Those guys were the guys. So I, I always thought it was stupid. And I compared that to the fact that the it's got to be immaturity. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because baseball is all immaturity if you think about it. I, I'll give you an example. If a pitcher throws a pitch that comes close, instead of him being the man and being or, – or he hits a batter, instead of, you know, acknowledging that he hit him, maybe walk and shake his hand, that's so frowned upon in Major League Baseball. Okay, and, and so I, I find that as a sign of immaturity. So I think I'm going to hang up on the fact that baseball is just a game of immaturity. And at my age now, I've just grown to accept the fact that it's immature and I got to find something to laugh about. So, I, I mean, I don't know what you think about it, but when you see Joe Girardi on his hands and knees throwing dirt on uh, umpires and things of that sort, what more can you think? Especially look at Girardi. You know, Girardi's really – I think he's probably getting close to 60. So they get – they're able to play out their immaturity in a public way to where people can see how immature they are. Well, you know what I find is a joke? It seems like the last week or two there's been uh, more of these bench-clearing incidents where the pitchers – and I don't know, it's like in the last week I've seen it happen three or four times. I don't know if it's because it's getting hotter outside or what it is, but it's a joke because they come out sticking out their chest, talking, and all they do is push each other back and there's no punches. It's like these are grown men. If you want to do something about it, do it like they do in hockey and throw some blows. But if you're going exactly. out there just pumping your pumping your chest out like you're some tough guy, 
knowing you're not going to throw any blows, then it doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, I'm 150 pounds. I could go out there doing the same thing, knowing I'm not going to get a punch thrown on the other side to me. When's the last time we seen a good punch? Except, I mean, right there in Texas, where you know, and those were players, and that, that was the last punch I've seen in baseball. I mean, but you're right; it's just a bunch of pushing and shoving, and there, there's nothing to it at all. I mean, and the pushing, and even to the point, pushing and shoving looks like a couple of girls out there on the playground pushing each other around. It, it, there's nothing behind any of it anymore. Well, how, about um, old, so, how about your old your old Yankee guy, Don Mattingly, with, with the Marlins? He was right out there in the middle of it, you know, yelling and screaming while, while six people um, were holding him back. You know, yeah. If, if, if they let him, if they let him go, what's he what's he gonna do? I mean, come on. He's not gonna what, do what's, anything. What's, but, what's Mattingly gonna do if you let him go? I mean, he. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing, and and this is just a firm belief on my. You said why is it going on? It's because the commissioner allows it. It's because baseball allows it, and baseball allows a lot of things going on in it that really don't need to be there. They can put their hands on it. They can stop it. And they can stop the immaturity of what baseball has become over the years. And I'll, I will tell you that it, it's gotten worse. And as the season goes on, it gets worse because you're right. It's getting hot. And they, they get into these uh, series where every series counts because it gets closer to the end of the season, although we're not quite there yet. But that's usually where it ends up happening but, I mean, I don't know. Let's ask Cuervo, the fine co-host of this program. Let's bring him on. In case you didn't know. Here's Cuervo. Let's ask him the question that my guest um, has brought up. Is baseball just in the tour? Is this just something we expect? I mean, I just look at it as a bunch of, you know, old men who are, you know, pretty much the right and entitlement to be able to do whatever they want, and they get the green light for Major League Baseball. First of all, how you doing, Forever? Welcome back into the show, my friend. Well, it would help if I pushed the button. There we go. How you doing, Forever? <laughs> I'll, I'll repeat myself, Sonny. No big deal. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, I hope you're doing well. I hope uh, you had a nice uh, Sunday off last week. I know we took the week off, so I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure you're just as recharged as I am, but uh, I am. You know, I I I, uh, I was listening a little bit to what uh, you and, and the guest was talking about, and don't. I, I mean, and I don't want to be disrespectful. Don't be fooled, Sonny. This is 100% pure entertainment. This is not, you know, I I don't I don't think it's a case of immaturity whatsoever. Um, a lot of times the managers, they go out there, they put on a little act when they get the opportunity, and, and it gets the fans into the game. Because, as we all know, what's been the big talk about baseball, how boring it is, how long it is, how we need to change uh, you know, certain ways to make the game more entertaining. Well, the managers do their part by going out there, arguing calls, and then they kick their around like you saw Girardi do yesterday, as you guys, as you guys mentioned. Uh, you know, scooping up dirt and covering the plate or whatever. Uh, uh, you Sometimes you see guys picking up bases and throwing them. And, you know, I mean, to me it's just pure entertainment. So I don't think it has anything to do with immaturity. Um, well, I think a lot of these managers, they talk amongst themselves about it and they probably laugh about it. So 
that's just my opinion. I'm not saying that's, that that is to be a fact, but that's just my opinion. I think it's 100% entertainment. Well, Corvo, First of all, guess go my, ahead my, and my, jump my in here and let me know your name, though, okay? Yeah, it's Mike in Pittsburgh. Um, Corvo, I do agree with you. It's entertainment. The, the one counterpoint I would make is when you have a 95-mile-an-hour mile fastball buzzing around your head or your neck or any part of your body, that's kind of, in my opinion, when it's not entertainment. So, I mean, I, I think there's emotions there. And then once they get out there, sure. it, it, they kind of know the unwritten rule. You talk, you, you know, you can push as long as you don't throw any punches. But uh, when, if someone's buzzing a 95-mile-an-hour mile fastball around my head, uh, that's when I do not call it entertainment. Yeah, and, and you know what? And you're right. And you're, that, that part I will say. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't uh, – I guess what you guys were talking about specifically is the pitch – that hit Aaron Judge. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's what you guys are talking yes. about specifically. Okay, yeah. And, and that point, yes. I mean, I, I think it, it gets to a point where a manager has to go out and defend his his players, especially star player, um, because that has been that's been a thing lately. Is you know the the retaliation, especially recently, where we've seen a lot of different. Um, you know, retaliation situations and, 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 and it happens all the time, but just most recently, you know, with Machado and Dustin Pedroia with the, with the Orioles and the Red Sox, um, right. and then you got this one, you have, um, you know, there, there's, there's other ones that, that buzz around. It's been a big thing lately. So, um, you know, in this, in this situation, yeah, I would, I would have to say that it does have to do a lot with defending players. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, when it does come to, like, balls and strikes, safe and out, foul, no foul, you know, stuff like that, to me, I think it's it's just purely entertainment. I thought you guys just were talking about in general, but if you're talking about that one specific incident with Judge, yeah, absolutely, that's – I mean, Jordy's defending his player, and I have no um, problem with how he went out there and defended his player. I just think – Sometimes they it does get a little carried away, um, you know. There's a difference between emotion and just, you know, kind of getting carried away and trying to kind of make a scene. And I almost I almost feel like that's what Girardi did yesterday. So um, that's I, I'm Sonny. I guess that's why you kind of bring up the immaturity factor because of how how drug out that whole thing was because and I didn't even watch the game I just kind of saw the highlights and it just kind of right. it, it seemed to me like he was out there for five minutes arguing about his guy getting hit in the ribs with a ball I mean right to me you go out there well, and say what you got to say and you blow off some steam and then you're done well let me ask let me ask you Cuervo but I'll ask my guest first I mean what is it about baseball where you can't reach out your hand like if you're a pitcher and go out and reach out your hand and say, hey, and I've been talking, and Cuervo will back me on I've been talking about this for years. The immaturity of saying, hey, man, one got away from me. If it's truly true, you go out and you put your hand out and shake the guy's hand. Why can't we do that in today's game to, and more so than, I, because I know the unwritten rule is you, you don't do that. I just don't know why. Well, like you said, it's the unwritten rule, you know, 100 plus years. And uh, you know it, it, it makes 
absolutely no sense. But, hey, gentlemen, before I go, I just wanted to touch on one thing. It was actually the main reason I called, and then I'll get off the line and listen to your reaction. Um, you know, two two years ago, you know, the Mets make the World Series. They have this upcoming pitching staff. I mean, it's gone down the you-know-what in, in, in a – I've never seen a starting staff and, and a team go down like this. Today they gave up five runs to uh, the Angels in the first end. And I don't first even know inning. Starting, yeah, and this – you know, uh, one of the greatest possible of all time, you know, maybe back to the, you know, the good end. You know, all those guys back in the mid-80s for the Mets, and it's just falling apart. You five guys that this would be one through five in the starting lineup, and it's just like one thing after another, you know, Harvey's attitude and the injuries. Uh, have you guys ever seen anything like this? Well, I haven't seen the fall, and uh, just let you know, thanks for your call. I appreciate you calling in. And you're, you're kind of your phone's going in and out, so I'm going to put you on mute. You can listen or uh, do whatever. Yeah. So I'm going to put you on mute. That having been said, uh, you know, Cuervo, the caller's got a put good point when you see where the but the 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 word consistency and the Mets over the last years, you know, take away the fact that they did well a couple years back. It, you know, consistency in the Mets never really had the same you know definition. No, no, they haven't, Sonny. And, I mean, you know, if you guys remember, um, you know, and, and I don't remember the exact details, but I remember, you know, as far as hearing about uh, the ownership of the Mets and, and and there was, you know, possible corruption going on. Oh, my God, you know, shocker, right? But, right, you know, yeah. It, it, it's uh, – and that's why for a lot of people, I know for Mets fans, they don't want to hear this, but – it should really be no surprise. Now, I will say this: the, the Cespedes trade that they made, they that was highway robbery. Um, I agree. You know, the Mets, the Mets did a great job. On, I mean, they, they didn't have to give up any of their of their uh, young pitching that they had because that was the big talk that they were going to have to give up one of those guys, whether it was Degrom, Syndergaard, or Zach Wheeler, who at the time was hurt, but. Luckily for them, they didn't have to give up any of those guys, and a lot of people felt like, wow, the Mets, the Mets are on their way. And sure enough, that year, they made the World Series, and ever since then, I think more than anything, um, you know, they, 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 they have let a couple of guys walk away, Sonny. Um, I think Dale Murphy is his name. He played, I think, third base for them or second base. He was one of their infielders uh, who was a huge contributor to – them getting to the World Series uh, that year, and then so so he walks away. Uh, obviously, David Wright is not the you know who he was even even beyond two years ago. Um, you know, and, and I think injuries that that's the big thing for the uh, for the Mets has been the injuries to their pitching. Kind of reminds me of of what happened to the Cubs in '03 with Kerry Wood, Mark Pryor. Um, you know, when 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 Dusty Baker pretty much, you know, threw those guys' arms uh, to the point where they, they just weren't productive after that season. Uh, 
So, you know, obviously Syndergaard's been in and out of the starting rotation. DeGrom's been in and out of the rotation. Steve Matz, the lefty, never really panned out. It looked like he had a promising uh, start to his career. And then, obviously, the cherry on top, Sonny, is uh, the Matt Harvey situation where, um, you know, not only with his injuries, but all the different off-the-field stories that have been going out. Was he involved in that photo? Was he... Uh, you know, an ex-girlfriend who was a, a, a an act, a model or whatever it was. I forget, I forget the whole the whole details about it, but just a lot of dark clouds around the star players of this of that baseball team that made it to the World Series two years ago. Either they're there and they're not on the field, or they went somewhere else and and now they're playing for another team. So it. it but I've never. But you know, to answer the original question, I have. I haven't seen uh, a situation where a team has kind of just crumbled that quickly. I the only. I don't know. I guess you can make the argument, Sonny, that maybe the Phillies from ten years, you know, yes. eight nine years yes. ago, when they won the World Series, they won that year, and then it's kind of like we never heard from them again. Uh, right. Still. Now have. they did make it. They did make it the following year. They lost to the Yankees in '09. But after that, it was done. Like it, it, the Phillies kind of just disappeared. They 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 just fell off the face of the earth, and we never heard from them again. So I would I would I guess you can make the argument that the Phillies of 2008 2009, after that they they just kind of crumbled. Well, you take a look at the Phillies uh, or not the Phillies, but the Mets Cuervo. This is this is a, a baseball team. That can't get out of its own way. I, I, I will tell you, and, and I don't peruse the baseball headlines. I really don't. Um, I, I usually just keep track of it. But what is consistently in the, um, I guess if you want to call them the highlights, are uh, injuries. I mean, this, I mean, they got so many problems facing them, but injuries is a big one. Uh, their bullpen that has been disastrous. I mean, they get shelled by the uh, Braves and they, you know, the other day, um, and, and still you get more injuries. It seems like there's an injury every day. Um, and then you got – you know, the, what are we going to do to try to change our image? Tim Tebow nailing, nailing a fan in a warm-up session. And, uh, you know, so it, it goes from bad to worse sometimes. And I haven't, the color fell off, fell off but I, I'm, I think I agree with him. I have not seen a – I mean, even the, the, the Phillies uh, after the second year, you know, they stayed somewhat in contention for a while. But, I mean, you look, you look at where the – the the standings are they did they gave up five runs in the top of the first Cuervo I mean before they even got it started um so I'm not sure and, and by the way and I'm just looking at a graphic you know as far as that is concerned they're hitting all over the place on them so so I don't know I, I the Mets are not in a position to be any better than a 500 or sub uh, sub 500 team this year, uh, and and they're they're starting it off today uh, being that way. But the, you know when you look at where they're pl- or who they're playing and things of that sort, Cuervo, uh, they, they've been playing teams that are you know sub 500 as well, and they can't even get the job done there. So you know whether it's Tim Tebow whether it's injuries or the 
it, what, what's happening, Cuervo, also just to think about it, it's the injuries to the guys that they expected to take the team further in a couple of years. You know, they're loaded with talent, but they can't keep them healthy. I, I, I think it does boil down to conditioning. I think it boils down to a lot of mental things. Because say what you want. You, we can focus it in on football. It, are you injured or are you hurt? What is the difference? And when you're winning, you, you, you're usually hurt, Cuervo. You're not injured. You want to get back in and play if you're, if you're playing well. But if you're a team that's not playing well, those people that are hurt are actually, quote, unquote, injured. Well, you know, Sonny, I mean, and that, go, that comes down to, well, is it worth trying to hurry up and get back in? To do what? To lose? Yeah, and I'm just I'm, exactly. I'm just being real. I'm being realistic with this. I mean, you know, you'll hear these players. They're so getting paid. Oh, of course, of course they are. I mean, you know, I mean, there's guaranteed money all over the place. But you know, my thing is, I, I'm just you know, because this this is how we do it, Sonny. We don't. We're not ESPN. We're not going to tell you what you you know what's politically correct Once or what. What we what they think what you think you want to hear we're gonna we're just gonna be honest because I mean who's gonna tell us any different who's gonna tell us to not say what's on our mind but these players' mentality is well if it's worth trying to come back yeah I'm gonna come back or man we stink and I'm just gonna milk this thing because like you said I'm getting paid anyways so yeah. I mean, why, why, why come, why try and come back just so you can get into, um, you know, play games and lose? Like nobody wants to do that. You might as well just milk this thing and, and you know, wait till the next year. That's the great thing about sports, Sonny. There's always next year. Yeah, and and that's a, and that's a big line. Um, it, also, since we're on baseball. Listen to this, Cuervo. Miami, I mean, they belted the Dodgers at home 10 to 4 or 10 to 6. The White Sox, they kicked Seattle all over the place 16 to 1. The Arizona uh, Diamondbacks, they beat San Diego, and San Diego has got that. They're, they're my like, closet team. I always hoped that they would be good. They got clobbered by Arizona nine to one yesterday. And just and these scores are ridiculous when you see some of them as well. Um, those are just a few of them as far as that. the Yankees getting nailed. And uh, you know, at the time where Girardi was and all that went on, they lost that game nine to five. But you know, look, I mean, these numbers. Cincinnati scored twelve runs, although Colorado belted out eight themselves. Um, you know, depending on who you're playing. You know, you could see some big numbers, and a lot of these, a lot of these teams are right now. And I kind of consider it still early in the season. They're battling injuries. Look at look at the um, Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, those guys, those guys can't uh, stay. You know, they they have. Uh, the, the Blue Jays are starting Russell Martin at third pl- third base, Cuervo. This, I mean, I, I know he can play it. Don't get me wrong. I know his history. But that guy's a major league catcher. What's he doing at third base? I mean, the injuries are piling mm-hmm. up all over. But the, also the good thing, there's two teams I like, one in each division. One, San Diego. The other one is the is the Orioles. And I always want to see the Orioles come out. I think it's because I have a little tug string for Earl Weaver um, back in the day. But 
I mean, but injuries are really, really flooding Major League Baseball right now. They are, and, and, and you know, it, it's it's kind of like how the NFL is almost every year, where it's it's not injuries to like, you know, your your average guys. We're talking superstars. Yes, you know, we're talking superstars that are injured. You know, um, you, know, you said with the Blue Jays. I mean, Josh Donaldson is is, is an all star. Everybody who follows baseball knows who he is. Troy yeah. Kulowitzki is another guy for the Blue Jays. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. That and Sonny, that's their two, you know, two of their biggest bats that they're missing right now. Um, not to mention Francisco Liriano, who's a, who's a, you know, he's not what he used to be, but he can still uh, get you out of jams and and be a guy that can fill in for for a starter that's injured and things like that. Um, and then they're. Um, I know there's another guy too, and I, I think it's uh, Aaron San- or I can't think of his name, last name Sanchez. But anyways, he's he's one of their star players as well. I mean, Toronto's a loaded team, Sonny. When they're when they're fully healthy, I mean, this is this is a World Series threat. But absolutely, they're just not they're just not healthy. They're just not. I mean, two out of their three big bats right now are are not in the lineup. So. It, it really is. They're done. They're, they're, they're done. They're, they're, they're eight and a half out in their own division that has the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox and Baltimore playing well. They're done. I mean, a, a wild card is not even – and that's sad because of what you're talking about when you look at the roster of the, of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, where you can expect them. Uh, now, in general, you don't stick a fork in a team at this time of the year. However – you're, you're talking eight and a half in the East. You you can pretty much, you know, might as well be the turkey and brown your breasts, okay? It, it's time it, it's time to be done. And and that's what that's what's going on here in Toronto, unfortunately. And most of that is because of the injury bug that has really, really inflicted that team this year. Yeah, Sonny, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I don't know if I'd stick a fork in them yet, though, because – Back in that in that division, maybe at yeah. like, hey, hey, maybe if they were in the West, I would maybe think that they, you know, they they'd have or the Central, they'd have a shot at it. They, they're eighteen and twenty six. Minnesota's twenty one and seventeen. Okay, I think they'd have a shot in that division. But any other one, you know, you're ten games back in the West with you. By the way, what is with the Astros? I mean, Astros were god awful last year, and the year before that, they were even worse. I mean, what has gotten into the Houston Astros, where we're actually talking about them with a six and a half game lead over the Texas Rangers? Oh, I mean, people that that follow baseball closely, some like you and I, we knew this. We knew this was coming. Um, and I mean, boy, you Houston's are not a you are you you. <laughs> Follow baseball as much as we do. Ha, that was good. I like that. Go ahead. And you like that, huh? You like that? We are, we are, we are the Buster Olneys of Blog Talk Radio, let me tell you. That's right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Buster Olneys of Blog Talk Radio. Oh, that was terrible. Crazy enough ahead of terrible. No, but I mean. Uh, we do have some sort of baseball knowledge, and I mean the Astros are a good team. They just they just underachieve. Yeah. I mean they right. their their pitching their pitching is what hurts them. They've got bats. They just need 
And, that, and that's the powerhouse of that team as well, by the way. Oh, of course. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Correa and and Altuve and Carlos Gomez. Is, is, I, or did he? No, no, he left. He's with the Rangers now. He's with the Rangers right. now, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. so, but I mean, Correa and Altuve, right? I mean, those two guys alone, um, you know, are going to get you 200, 200 RBIs in a season. So, um you know, it's just the problem is guys like Dallas Keuchel um, and the, the other pitchers that are, you know, all-stars are not playing at an all-star level. They just kind of right. get voted in because of their name. So, um, you know, a lot of people like Houston this year. They feel like maybe this is the year and that last year they kind of um, were still a little too young. But a lot of people like, you know, Houston was their preseason pick for the AL champions uh, to win the pennant, but I mean, I don't know how you would pick them over the Boston Red Sox. So, anywho, um, I, I think Houston will be. You know, they're going to continue to do well, Sonny. I mean, they just have to. They just have to make sure that their pitching continues to be consistent. And and you know, as as we've been talking about all through baseball, they don't suffer any injuries. Yeah, that's the huge thing. Uh, if they stay healthy, I mean, they're going to coast in the south. Uh, they, they got they're taking on Cleveland, which is always a, a tough team. But then they got Detroit, who's been playing well lately. Um, so uh, you know that that right there, when, when you well, they're they're five and five in the last ten, but over the last twenty, they're actually twelve and eight. But I mean, it, 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 at this time of the season. You can you can make your season by taking off, and right now that's what you're seeing right now. Yeah, Houston, the team that's taken off, and but we've seen a lot of teams take the nosedive in the final months of the season. So it'll be more about how they um, continue with what they're doing now, and if they're in any kind of position at the end of the year not to come, you know, completely falling off with the wheels going off the bus. Wait, uh, for the Astros, you mean? Yeah, for the Astros, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 happened to them, uh, you know, a year ago, two years ago. But I think I think this kind of feels like this could be their year, um, especially with all the attention going to the Red Sox. Um, of course, you know, Toronto had Toronto had a lot of attention as well as they should, but. You see what happened to Toronto. I mean, all the hype kind of backfired on them, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, for Boston, again, I mean, they're the ones that they have all the attention with the, with the trade for Chris Sale. Um, you know, so I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count the Astros out as far as, you know, a World Series contender, uh, you know, just based on of uh, how well they're playing and, and – you know, a lot of people are expecting Houston to just kind of fall apart at some point in time. I don't think it's going to happen this year, Sonny. I think, I mean, this could be the year. Obviously, Cleveland is a team that you have to think about as well. I mean, they were they were the, right. they are the defending AL champions. So, um, but I don't feel like Cleveland has, um, you know, after after a Kluber. I mean, who's their number two? You can make the argument Carrasco is the number two. 
you can make the argument that um, uh, who was – see, I don't even know. I, I, if it's not Carrasco, then I don't know who it is because, I mean, I just don't know who they're who – the, those are the only two pitchers I know from the, from the Indians. So I, right. I, I think you could see – we might see them – Go after more pitching in the uh, trade deadline. Yeah, before exactly before that trade trade deadline hits, we can see them, you know, making that uh, if they want to continue what they've been doing to get where they are. You're right. Uh, you, you can't mark out the Indians, um, you, you know, toward the end of the season. That that's a team that's you know you've got to look out for without question. So it, it, it's one of those. It, and we're at the time of the year, Cuervo, where you can all you got to do is maintain. You can lose it at the beginning of the year. I mean, all you got to do is look at the standings and find out who those teams are. Um, but at the same time, if you can maintain for a little while and make that move for the end, like we always see. And, and Cuervo, you can say whatever you want, but the the fact that they brought in the wild card, it, it really does. I mean, because when you look, I mean, if you look at the Rangers, you know, not the last five years, but before that, I mean, we're talking about the Rangers not even being in contention or even close this time of the year. There's teams that are just completely out of it and, uh, you know, and don't have a chance, and we're, we're sitting there watching these games. So, I, you know, with as many games as they are, with how quick a team can be out of it, um, you know, it's nice to see the middle of the road teams make a play towards the end of the year. I really, I, that, that's one of the fun things that I like watching about Major League Baseball is who will be the team that will make that move, you know, that surprising team make a shot for the wild card. Oh, absolutely. And it happens every year, Sonny, it does. Um, you know, every year we, we <clears throat> there's a big trade from a team that, you know, is not really dominating the, the season or anything like that. But really feels like they're they're at uh, a you know at a point in the season where they're hitting their stride. Uh, they're winning they're winning a lot of games. And nobody's really expecting it, and you know they go out and they make them they make a nice move. Just you know, kind of like with the Indians last year. You know, they make the trade to get Andrew Miller from the Yankees, and yes. look what the result was. You know, it got them into the World Series. So you know. We could see that happen again this year. Who the team is going to be, I don't know. I mean, you mentioned the Detroit Tigers. Um, I think yes. I think that's a division that could be up for grabs, depending on how well the Indians continue to play. Um, I think, uh, you know, may, I don't know how well Atlanta's doing, but I, but I'm pretty sure they're they're not, you know, totally bombing the season right now. Um, so I mean, Atlanta could be well, a player. I mean, Washington's struggling a little bit, from what I understand or from what I know. So yeah, but they're on they, top uh, of their division in Atlanta. Just to give you a, a, a quick update on where your team is, Atlanta is eighteen and twenty-two. They're six games behind Washington right now in the East. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean, it's teams like that, you know, like the Braves that feel like, well, we're not out of it. Um, you know, we're not where we want to be just yet, but we're not out of it either. And I think, I think the Braves, I mean, especially with their history, I mean, that's, that's a team that has 
has, you know, always been a team that, uh, with the exception of the past few years where uh, you can't count them out. You know, you always have to have to watch out for them and keep a close eye on them. And I think I think it, the Braves could be back to that to being that team. So I think a Bra- I think the Braves could be a team to watch out for, Sonny. I think you're right. But I, here's what I'll tell you: I think that the Atlanta Braves. I, I I don't know what it is what Bobby Cox did for them over the years in there, but if since Bobby Cox has left the managing uh, ranks of that. Uh, of that uh, franchise, we're seeing a we're, we're seeing a totally different Atlanta uh, Atlanta team, uh, and, and I I think the fact that they they have not been I don't want to say live up to Bobby Cox. I mean Bobby Cox has only been out of baseball for four or five years now, but it, it's not even the same resemblance of that team anymore. So, well, and that also goes with the fact of different, uh, different personnel. But when Bobby Cox left that, left that team, that, that team totally got a facelift and don't even look like the same team anymore. Yeah, they did, Sonny. They did. And actually it's been seven years. We retired in 2010. Wow. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Me either, and I just, I just, I just pulled it up because I was halfway interested to find out what he's doing right now. So, uh, yes, uh, it, it, but yeah, it was 2010 when he retired. Wow, I, I, I could have sworn it felt like it was maybe three years ago. <laughs> three, four. Hey, you think Bobby Cox makes the Hall of Fame? Oh, he has to, Sonny. He, has I would to. think so. I, I, I would think so. Ball. He does have one chance. He, he, he has one one ring, right? I, it, one, I think it's and one. And that, yeah, and that's going to be the knock on him because of how successful how many he went to. were in the nineties. I mean, you can make the yes. argument, Sonny. You can, and 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 this is okay for those who don't know. I'm I'm a Chicago kid, all right, born and raised. But what I'm yeah. about to say may surprise you, Sonny. You can make the argument that the Atlanta Braves were, they were the sports team of the 90s. The I agree. They, they, yeah, they, because you were always talking about them. I mean, in the 90s, Cranville, when you were talking baseball in the 90s, there were certain teams you talked about. You always talked about the Yankees. Uh, they, 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 I mean, you couldn't get into a conversation talking about the American League without talking about the Yankees. And uh, their counterpart, without question, was Atlanta. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but not, I'm not just talking about in baseball, though, sir. I'm talking about in sports. And so with that being said, I mean, you got to think about all the teams in sports that dominated in the 90s. In hockey, you've got the Red Wings and the Avalanche. I mean, that, that was right. a big rivalry at that time. In basketball, of course, you know, it was the Bulls. Let's, let's be real. Right. Um, yeah. When it came to football – you had the Dallas Cowboys, you had the 49ers. But when it came to baseball, yes, the Yankees won, what, two, three, four championships in the 90s. However, yes. when you talk about a team that dominated, okay, the Braves swept the whole decade and won their division every single year, kind of like what the New England Patriots are doing right now in the NFL. They've won their right. division every single year except, I think, one. 
And that was in 2008 when Tom Brady got hurt. Right. They've won their division every single year for the past 15 years, Sonny. All right. The Braves did the same thing in the 90s. And, and not just that, but when you dig into it, you had three Hall of Fame pitchers on the same team. Yes. Maddox. Absolutely. Smoltz. Ridiculous. Ridiculous how good that team was. And, and if Bobby Cox is not a first ballot Hall of Famer, it's it's almost like in the NFL. I I don't know who who is voting for these guys, who gives the yes no, but they might they might want to have their brains examined. If, if Bobby Cox is not a first ballot Hall of Fame manager, I agree. Uh, if if that and I'm surprised that I mean he's been out of baseball for seven years. I'm surprised he's not there yet. And so I, I'm wanting to know what what is holding Bobby Cox back from that that actual enshrinement and getting in there. To me, it makes it, it, it to me. Let's just put it where it's at, okay? It, it, first of all, he should have been first ballot. Don't know why. It's because he's a manager. That's usually why they don't, okay? But when you go back and you think about great great managers. Uh, he, he's got to be within the top five, top ten of great managers in baseball history. Never mind the nineties. I mean, it, 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 to the you know the you know mid eighties to 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 the whole nineties. I mean, for fifteen years, this was a baseball team that was making the playoffs every almost every year. I think it was one year during that 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 run they didn't make the playoffs. So. You know, it, it, there's not any other – there's not too many teams that can say they've achieved what the Atlanta Braves achieved in the you know, mid to late 80s all the way through the 90s as far as their playoff run. Right, right. And, and again, I mean, you know, I should have added up the years. I mean, he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, which is ridiculous to me. Yeah. He's what? This would be – this is going to be his third year, I think, next year. Or third year, third? yeah. Yes. Yeah. How is he? <laughs> I can't believe it. I, I mean, they let. Who did they just? Let, who did they just let in? Mike Piazza. Okay. I'm sorry. Mike Piazza. I'm sorry. Mike P. Bobby Cox should have been in way before Mike Piazza got in. Well, hold on, you know, Cuervo, We missed this. Hold on, just to let you know. I, I think we, I just don't remember when it happened. He is in the Hall of Fame. I I don't rem, I just don't remember when this happened. It had to be twenty. I don't remember when this happened. I, I'm uh, yeah, Bobby Cox, um, in the Hall of Fame. Here it is. Yeah. So we're kind of talking off sideways because we don't have the the uh, what says Mike and Mike. Guys, they're research people. We don't have we're using our brains, which sometimes kills us. Uh, but no, Bobby Cox is there. So mark that. I don't remember. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't remember when it was. And, and, and so I'm going to try to find out the exact year. Um. Here we go. Oh, yeah, here's the here's the Wikipedia. It'll tell us when it happened. Uh, but um, Hall of Fame, what year? What year? 2013, Sonny. Yeah, 14, 
Yeah, 2014. So I thought that I thought in baseball you had to wait five years. I thought it was, was it too, but maybe since he was a manager, um, he since he was well, he played a little bit, but I, I, I he was a third baseman at least. So I, you know, he he played. Oh, here it is. I, he only played for two years in uh, Major League Baseball, and he played for the Yankees. 68 to 69. So he only played two seasons as a player. Um, but uh, he batted 225. That's not what he's in there for. He's in there for a two time World Series champion, four time manager of the year, um, and uh, in many, many play, many, many. Uh, um, uh, National League titles as well. They don't. It don't go. I don't have all that detail right there, but um, big, big time. Uh, what he has done for baseball. Here it is. From seventy eight to nineteen eighty one, the Atlanta Braves were five hundred and eighty nine, uh, and uh, of those games, they were. Um, well, that's not correct either. So that that's incorrect. That's a that's a bad. I know that's a bad stat. Um, here it is. Manager record. Here it is. Two thousand five hundred and four, and lost two thousand and one. That's all. I mean, that's impressive. So you, you got to like that with a winning percentage of fifty five percent. And you think of that number, Cuervo. That does that number doesn't mean anything. But in baseball, that's like hitting four hundred. I, I swear that. I mean, when you think of those, that, that's like getting four hundred uh, as a manager. Oh, sure it is, and that's a that's a pretty damn high <laughs> average to have. I mean, he won big time. You know, he's, he's so, with that record that you just mentioned. He won probably what fifty five percent of his games. If I yeah, fifty five percent. Yeah. Yep. So, to me, I mean. That's imp- especially with the amount of games that he managed. You're talking yes. about 4,500 games. Yes. That's a lot of baseball, Sonny. I mean, we're not talking about. <laughs> you know, That's uh, a uh, hell of a lot of baseball. Yeah, we're not talking five seasons where it's, you know, not even 1,000 games. Um, boy, oh, boy. Um, but anyway, so, I mean, yeah, they're going back to what, the original topic was about is just the you know the Braves the history that they have. Um, I, I mean, I, it would I'm sure a lot of Braves fans would would you know would like to be back to being that team. Especially, I don't I think that the Nationals are. I don't want to say a fraud, Sonny. I guess what would be a different word? I think they are. That's a good way. Ever since they came into the majors, Cuervo, that team has always been the one that was, quote, unquote, you know, the the new franchise that was going to be sort of comparable to the Yankees because of all the players that they got when they came into into the league. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, the thing is, everybody's waiting for them to – make that next, I guess, step towards National League Championship, World Series, and things like that. But you've got you got the Dodgers in their way. They've eliminated them a few times. Um, obviously, the Cubs are who they are. Um, so, right. I mean, really, in reality, do you think it's going to happen anytime soon for the National? I mean, it would have to take Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers going out. And and it's happened before. I mean, he's gotten hurt, but 
I mean, yeah, he would have to be out for the season to where you don't see him again in the play, in the season. He doesn't come back for the playoffs like he did last year. It's not. I mean, he's out. He's done. Okay. And the Cubs would have to just, well, that damn goat would have to reappear. We'll just put it that way. And I don't want that right. coming back. But if it was, well, to me, the next team in line is the Washington Nationals. Uh, right. So, to me, I, I, I honestly, with the exception of Bryce Harper, Sonny, if you're the if you're the GM of the Nationals and you've got Max Scherzer, you've got Steven Strasburg, you've got um, you know Jason Worth and 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 uh, you know some you know another uh, Zimmerman, they've got some good players. But if if put on, you know, like you always tell me, Sonny, put on that GM hat. You're the GM of the Washington right. Nationals, okay? Bryce Harper is gonna he's gonna be a national for life unless he demands a trade, okay? You don't let that guy go. That that's a once in a lifetime guy for your franchise, okay? Yep. With the exception of him, do does every other player on that team become tradable? If you're the Nationals right now. I would think so, Quinn, but well, hold on. There's actually, well, Strasburg's done. Uh, but they, they, who's that other cat they got pitching that's a, that's a badass? Um, Steven Strasburg. Um, well, Strasburg, I, I think that guy's, I think that guy's been overrated over you know, his career. I'm sorry he has. Well, hold on. Let me rephrase that. It's a, this guy cannot get out of his own way when it comes to injuries. I mean, this guy's always got something going on when you're talking injuries, okay, at a vital time of the year, or they do something stupid like shutting down right before the playoffs. That, yeah, that, see, and that, go, that goes to also more stupid decisions by, by the, the – uh, uh, making stupid decisions by the by the manager, whether it's the managers or whoever, it, shutting down Strasburg when you're going into the playoffs is is a dumb move, and you still can't convince mm-hmm. me of that today. But um, who's that other cat they got that's pitching for them? He's really. Um, uh, I, I remember um, Andrea Max, thought Max they he, Zimmerman. Oh no, um, not Zimmerman. Um, you talking about Scherzer? Uh, can't remember his name. Yeah, well, Scherzer's yeah. there. I mean, uh, yeah, so uh, and well, so. Is there's Gio Gonzalez? Maybe that's who you're thinking of. That's it. Gio Gonzalez was yeah, that's that's it. Uh, but um, so yeah, I know he he's he's a pretty good player. And there was an, oh no, he got traded. Now I'm thinking of he got traded. Um, but you know they always have some pretty good ones there, but they still have Steven Strasburg in their lineup. So I'm I'm not sure what he's doing for him as of late. I haven't been keeping up with it because I think he's overrated. I think he's a guy that has not uh, fulfilled what I, I mean. Do you remember this guy coming in? He had the aging. He had I I remember where I was when I heard about the Steven Strasburg signing. I remember where where I was exactly because I remember the hype on the guy. I, I yeah. it, it, huge, uh, big hype on him. So, um, but this is a guy that has not won Cuervo over 15 games in the season, 
whether it's injuries or whatever the case may be. This guy has not even thrown a year where he's had a 20-win season. And, and uh, the, the overhype on this guy, I just remember he was drafted, when he was drafted in 2009, I was actually driving in the back road in Arizona, and I was looking for a concert that I thought was happening like on a farm back in the back in the day in Arizona. I remember when when it happened. I was like, they signed this guy, and the hype was huge. And he hasn't done anything in, in his career, Corvo. He's won seventy one games in his career. Yeah, well, you know, average is seven a year. Yeah, then you know the other telling thing too, Sonny, and I think this should have been this should have been a sign that the Nationals should have said, hmm. I wonder how long we really keep this kid. So if you remember, and this was back in, oh gosh, what year was it? 2011? This was before I even moved to Chicago for three years. I remember because I was in California still. I remember this. By the time he was, what, 22, 23 years old at the time? I, I can't remember how old he was in 2011. The kid already had to have Tommy John surgery. Yeah. That right there should have told the Nationals, mm, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work because, as we all know, Sonny, I mean, I've never had the surgery, but based on history, okay, a pitcher is yes, never come back the same. They're never the same after that surgery. They are never the same. And from that point on, the Nationals should have said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to let him ride out his rookie contract, but we are quietly, quietly – going to see about possible trade scenarios. You think about what they could have gotten, you know, five, you know, seven years ago when this happened, six years ago, who knows what the, what this team would look like right now. Had they just decided, you know what, we love this guy. We picked him number one overall for a reason. He's supposed to be a phenomenal star, but right. once you have Tommy John surgery, that's it. They never come back the same, Sonny. And, and at that point, the, the Nationals should have shopped him, whether it was two two years later. You think about it, even two years later after that surgery, you're talking now you've got four years worth of development of guys that you would have had, uh, uh, you know, trading him off to whoever it would have been. So, right. I mean, who knows what this team would look like right now? Who knows? They could have uh, an Anthony Rizzo on their team. They could have a Carlos Correa on their team. They could have a – hell, they could have a Mike Trout on their team right now, Sonny. But they decided right. to keep this kid and take a chance on him, and you know what? It backfired. It, it backfired. Trevor, listen, to, you want to hear this contract? I just pulled up this contract, okay? Okay. They, they, he signed a seven-year, $175 million contract with the Washington uh, Nationals, including a $10 million signing bonus. Uh, that happened. Listen to the, listen to these numbers, okay? This year he's got he's not he's not making a lot of money. This year he's making ten million. Next year or, or this year he's making he, no. Last year he made ten million. This year he's making fifteen million. Um, next year he also makes that same fifteen million. But in two thousand nineteen, Cuervo, this is where the numbers get crazy. Two thousand nineteen, he gets paid thirty five uh, thirty eight. $39 million in, in 2019, okay? Then he loses signing bonus numbers. 
He goes to 25 to 15 to 15. But here's the number. In 2023, Cuervo, when, you know, know, I'm going to be 60 years old. This guy's going to make $45 million. And and this is what the condo, I mean, in 2023, a $45 million contract that the Washington Nationals are going to have to suck up and uh, pay this this kid who maybe can't even pitch anymore by that time. He'll be 35 years old. Boy, oh boy. And, and Isn't that crazy? To, to, yeah, it is. It really is. Now, 2023. Yeah, well, the year, no, the year that he signed that seven-year deal, do you, does it say what year that was? 2016. That 2016, year. just last year. Yep. I, and, and really to that point, Cuervo, the guy had done – I mean, I'm sorry. He's averaging seven games. They are living really in reality, Cuervo. They are living on a uh, – they're, they're living on potential on what the and, – and, but I, I don't know how many guys we saw in baseball that, that signed the big contract that has never lived up to the potential, but yet – they went ahead and did it anyway and found, uh, signed, signed this guy out in 2016. He played his first seven years. and But look, you know who his agent is, is Scott Boris. So, you know, what, what that guy's going to do, he's always going to give him the money. And um, $45 million when he, when uh, how old was he going to be, 36 at that time? Yeah, he's going to be 34 in, in 2023. And he's got to make $45 million. Now, by the time we get there, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the average salary or not. But, man, that's something that, you know, you can show your creditors. This guy probably has about 12 houses all over this country. Um, yeah, just <laughs> unbelievable what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, if I if I was a national sonny, I would have never made that deal last year. I mean, that's a lot. Never. Of- to commit to a guy that, like you said, probably hasn't pitched, hasn't started more than I would say. If I had to guess, if I look at his numbers right now, I'd be shocked if he started more than 30 games in a season. All right. I'd be I got shocked. that. Shocked. I have it right now. He's done that twice in his career. He, in 2014, he started 34 games. 2013, he started 30 games. Then – after that, it was 2012 at 28. But after that, Cuervo, it dips down to 24, and then it just goes downhill after that. Right, right. And, and remember this, Cuervo, in, in his rookie year, he only started 12 games before he got what? Hurt. And yep. in 2011, Cuervo, he pitched five games. Right, that's the year he had to have Tommy John. Yep. And, uh, you know, so you either bounce back big time after Tommy John or you just get washed up. Yeah, to me, uh, to me a pitcher is never the same, Sonny. I, I mean, maybe you know more than I do, but I, I cannot remember a guy having Tommy John surgery and coming back and either being the same guy or by some miracle being better. I mean, I can't. I honestly, I cannot think of any pitcher at all 
unless Nolan Ryan had Tommy John surgery, which I don't think he did, but I, I, I honestly don't – I cannot recall one pitcher that has had that surgery and was able to be the, have the same career or at least be the same pitcher that they were before. Well, I, I think we can find that out, and, and because I, and my thinking was different. I heard um, that there, I think it was um, that, that that they they're more successful when they they come off of it, or everybody has it, so they might as well get it uh, sooner or later. One, it's one of those two. Um, um, let's see here has. Um, there we go. Let's see what the old Google says about uh, Tommy John. So here's this, a, a list of players who underwent Tommy John surgery. And, oh, oh man, I wish they'd do this by date. Here we go, date of surgery. All right, so the, Tommy John had it back in 1974. So uh, he was the first one to have Tommy John surgery. All right, so here are some of the names, uh, and frankly, there's only a few on here. You might be like, Um, the latest one, Shelby Miller, Will Smith, Bo Bo Schultz, Alex Willows, Colin Ray, Zach Duke, back in 2016. Um, So they say that you're not good after Tommy John until two years after you have it. So let's go to 2015, late 2016. Carter Caps, never heard of him. Lance Lynn, never heard of him. Jesse Biddle, uh, Ray Holland, Aaron Burnett, I, I, Aaron Barrett, I've heard of him. Walker uh, Bueller, Jason Vargas, that was a guy he obviously everybody's heard of. Um, and Chase Whitley, Alex Cobb, Homie Bailey, Mario uh, Hollins, I've heard of him. Uh, Christian, uh, so you might be right, Clovo. Um, these are guys that, if you're going to have it, but you Darvish, that was, I should have known about him. It was down here. But, um, uh, but really, Clovo, I think you're right. I think you're, you're right there. But there's some, there's some other names that have, that have had it. Um, uh, A.J. Griffin, Jose Fernandez had it. Um, along with, um, uh, where's the other one? I was just looking at it. I took my eye off of it. To do, to do. Zach Collins, or Tim Collins had it. Uh, so there's some news on here that have had it, but more often than not, these are guys that are, that are huge. I just remember, um, let's see, I, I, didn't Tim Hudson have it? And that guy had to go to the bullpen. I, you know, he was, a uh, if I'm not mistaken, he, he he pitched for Atlanta for a long time. Yeah, he yeah. He, he was a Brave, and then he was a Giant as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. So, I remember uh, so, but I think you're right, Cuervo. I think more often than not, uh, you don't come off of that very well. Yeah, it's just because the injury that you have, the the injury that you suffer. To need that that surgery, I mean, it's it's if I'm not mistaken, it's a uh, um, torn rotator cuff, isn't it? Isn't it? When yeah, you some, it's, it's in the socket. You're right. So I mean, to me, I mean, even even if you probably look into guys who have suffered a torn torn rotator cuff, those guys probably aren't the same whether they got the surgery or not. 
I mean, pitchers with torn rotator cuffs are probably never the same pitcher. So the point right. is, Sonny, for as young as, as Strasburg's was, I kind of get why Washington didn't do it. It's like, okay, he's really young. He'll recover quickly. Maybe he'll go on to have a great career. Well, he's the prime example of, yeah, that doesn't always happen that way. So, exactly. You know, unfortunately yeah. for the Nationals, you know, they could have made that move, for, you know, like I said, years ago and had a different looking team, but they took a chance on him. It just didn't work out. And, um, you know, and that's why the Nationals are, are kind of, they hit a wall where they make the playoffs. They win the division. They make the playoffs, but they haven't gotten to the NLCS. That's as far as they've gone. Is they get to the wild card and they, and they kind of just fall apart there because of the fact that, well, either Scherzer or Strasburg are not performing at at the level that they're as expected. Right. You know. So, to me, I mean, you can only see the same thing over and over again, Sonny. Before a GM is like, you know what, Dad, this isn't working out. I think we need to we need to go in a different direction. But right, exactly. They haven't learned that lesson yet. They haven't learned that lesson yet. So and they, haven't, they haven't learned it. They haven't learned it with Strasburg. That is an incredible. No. That is an incredible contract that they're stuck with. I mean, you don't get out of that contract. This Major League Baseball. Um, those are guaranteed contracts, and you know he, he could go in there and half-ass it and still, you know, have it for the rest of his life. So. Um, we, we go back to the fact that, and not only that, um, you guys never won more than 15 games in, in the season. So, uh, it, uh, yeah, it, that, that's one that we'll, we'll end up looking at for a while and, uh, and going with it. But yeah, uh, what do you think of Major League Baseball right now, Cuervo? Is it, yeah, are you happy with what you're seeing, with what you're not seeing? What, what do you think of Major League Baseball right now this season? I, I mean, I think – I think the season's going all right so far. I mean, how are you probably doing that? They're struggling a little bit, but they're yeah. I mean, they're playing 500 ball, and, and I mean, and that's with a lot of struggles. I mean, they're still playing 500 ball with you know starting rotation that's just that has just been the dumpster fire. Um, yeah, but, you know the bats the bats haven't been as lively as they were last year. I mean, they were 20 26 and nine last year. With, uh, 35 games into the season, so um, you know not quite the not quite the same this year. But uh, I think Joe Madden is a manager that isn't. You know what I love about him is he's an outside the box thinker. Um, he's not he's not a stubborn guy who's set in his ways. He's willing to right. adapt and he's willing to make changes. And you know that's why we've seen different things. You know a lot of different lineups. Um, you know, Kyle Schwarber was their leadoff hitter. He's not anymore. Um, they they just recently made that change. Um, on top of that, um, you know, just uh, doing different things uh, with the pitching rotation. I think I I think the Cubs will be fine. Um, it's not even June yet, so for those Cubs fans, yeah, they're like, oh, three games out Schwarber. right now. So yeah, I mean, for the, for those Cubs fans, something that are like, oh, the season's over. Oh, we're the goat is back. It's like, shut up. Oh, you know? oh, geez, are you kidding me? I mean, uh, there have been many years by the time of the year where they're letting the Cubs off. So they're doing just fine right now. 
Yeah, I, 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 me personally, Sonny, I'm not panicking. Um, even though, even though I don't, uh, even though I'm a Bears fan, Sonny, I have to use the Aaron Rodgers quote and just say R E L A X. You just got to relax. And yeah. you know the Cubs are going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Um, you know, the, the, we all know the season doesn't get real interesting until July, August, anyways, where where you're in right. where you're in the middle of the summer, and you know it's past the All Star break. Uh, that's when the season really kind of gets into high gears, right after the All Star break. So. Yeah, they just can't lose any pitching right now, Cuervo, going into this part of the season. This is where you, you as a team, really getting into the summer, okay? We're really talking summer right about now. May, at the beginning, well, the middle of May is when you kind of start thinking, this is really summer. So what they do from May to um, uh, probably – September, about mid-September. This is the vital time for your Chicago Cubs. They got to play well. They got to play above 500 during that time. So they got, you know, two and a half to three months where they really got to put it together and hang in there and stay over 500. I think that if I think they get in, if they get in 10 games over 500, they'll have a shot at the wild card. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I uh, honestly, I mean, I I think they're going to wind up winning the division. It's not going to be by, you know, 15. Well, Milwaukee, you, know, you can always trust the Milwaukee Brewers to start off hot and, and lose it in the final stretch, as most long shots do when you're talking uh, horse racing. Um, but uh, St. Louis will always be a team that they're going to have to fight for uh, within that sure. uh, within the Central. Yeah, and, and, and don't believe the Reds' hype. I mean, the, the Reds are off. Oh, the no, I, I know. That's, and that's great and all. I mean, it's just like the Pirates for a few years. They were, they would be a team that you know kind of, kind of caught fire and things like that. But you know, like I said, even even with the Pirates, just like the Nationals, they they only got so far. I think they won the division a few years ago, but then from there, it's kind of they kind of fizzled away in the postseason. And uh, you know, it, it'll it'll sort itself out. I love when people overreact. Uh, in May when teams are, are kind of struggling and they're like, what's, oh, what's wrong with this team? It's like, they're going to be fine. You know, it's, it's yeah. going to be, it's it's just like the NFL, Sonny. It's, it's the same teams every single year. Even if the Patriots start two and two this season, which I don't think will happen, but if they did, I, I'm going to laugh at people who are like, oh, the Patriots dynasty is over. And no, no it's, it's over when Tom Brady says it's over. We all know that. So absolutely, don't, don't fool yourself. <laughs> yeah, because when you know, Tom Brady goes, so does so does uh, Bill Belichick. So you know, yeah, it's a and, yeah, absolutely. And if anybody thinks any differently, they they just they're not paying attention. Um, and it, it, it's just the way that it is. So uh, watch out for that. That should be good. Hey, let's do this, Corvo. Let's take our second break, and then when we come back, let's talk some NBA playoffs that are going on, and of course. We'll end it off on the NFL, what we do best. Okay, my friend, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk NBA playoffs here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And that being said, the Sunday morning tradition continues. We'll be right back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. 
Their motto is Amazing People Serving Amazing Drinks Amazingly Fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty? The Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooters Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66, with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooters Coffee, located in Rowlett. selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com that's Brian with a Y, not nine Chadwick. JPHomesforSale.com. At Chang Lee Taekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Taekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chain Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychainlees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified, licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price, and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Hi, welcome 
back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is Sunday, and is that being said, we are talking lots of baseball talk, which was fun. Uh, covered champions into a football. And remember, folks, five, uh, six out of the seven teams in the South in champions into a football still have a shot at the playoffs. Amazing. North, five teams out of the uh, four spots that are available. Still something in the North to watch out for. And then, of course, talk a little baseball here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. As it begins to warm up in Major League Baseball, because really, to be honest, I don't like talking Major League Baseball after the first week of the season until about now. So we'll talk a little bit more about Major League Baseball as we move forward into the season. But as what's going on now is uh, championship going on and and the NBA, lots of things being talked about and – what was talked about that was huge, we didn't get an opportunity to talk about, even if we were on air last week, Cuervo, we missed Greg Popovich, quite possibly the best coach. Well, no, I'll just say the best coach in basketball right now and has been for the last 10 years. Um, goes off regarding Kawhi Leonard not being able to play and the injury that happened. I've heard uh, people right or left or what's going on. But here's one thing that they really completely missed out on. It doesn't matter why Greg Popovich was popping off, okay? Here's the thing. You take all that and what was talked about, when Greg Popovich talks Cuervo, people listen. And I'm not just talking about the media. I'm talking about the people within the NBA, when Greg Popovich pops off, there's usually a reason why, and there's usually a good reason why. A lot of the times when you're listening to the guys pop off, they're just popping about, off about nothing. But Greg Popovich, usually a guy, which, by the way, he never really has a hard time talking about what he wants to put out there. Um, and he let it be known about the injury to one of his stars, uh, Kawhi Leonard, going down. This was a, an unnecessary foul. It was something that was not out of the ordinary, out of the person that did it to him. Uh, I, I just wanted to get your reaction from Greg Popovich losing his mind about losing the guy that quite possibly might keep the the Spurs out of the NBA championship. And Cuervo, you there? Hold on, hit the button. Looks like he came back. So, so what do you think about Greg Popovich popping off? I mean, you know, as far as where everything's going on, you Greg Popovich when he talks, the NBA listens. I'm sorry, they do. Uh, but what, what do you think about uh, the situation regarding? Uh, the injury to Quine Lounge. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like in the NFL, Sonny, when Bill Belichick talks, and that's not very often, uh, people want to listen to what he has to say. But, you know, as far as Kawhi Leonard, I mean, I mean, he's, it's, it's, it's just he's expressing his frustration. It's almost like he's just venting. And it's not very – it's not – it's very unusual that uh, Popovich does that in the public. You know, norm, I mean, I'm sure he – does it in his own little private, you know, bubble and whatnot. But for him to actually publicly vent and, and show his frustration for that, for that, you know, quote unquote foul. Um, and I mean, I mean, I kind of, I kind of understand where he's coming from, but it's just, 
it was just a little it was a little surprising to me that he actually did that. I mean, I, I would have not expected that from Popovich. Normally, he's a pretty private dude, and he normally doesn't uh, come out and, and, and really go off like that. But, you know, again, at that point, they were down two games to nothing. So I kind of understand the frustration behind it. You know, I mean. Well, didn't that happen in game one? I, I, when Leonard went down, didn't that happen in game one? It did. It did, Sonny. It did. Yeah. So, I, you know, and, and, not, and normally, you know, that's why I like Popovich. Because, like you said, this is not a guy that gets up on the mic every single day and says something outlandish, okay? Usually when he's talking, people are listening. Because whatever point he's making, um, it, it, it's usually thought of and, and, and taken seriously. But Golden State just... I mean, they just the the score was even one twenty to one hundred eight, and the score doesn't even reflect the, really the difference because if you look at that fourth quarter, you know, San Antonio had some more buckets that that probably wouldn't have had there. But um, and what really kind of pisses me off about the situation, okay? I think they could have gave Golden State a run. I, and this was a guy in Tommy Leonard that they Leonard that they could not lose. I mean, if they were going to make a run and make a run a serious run at Golden State, they need to have this guy in the lineup. Now, I'm not saying that there are other pieces in the roster for uh, for the San Antonio Spurs that, but. I think this was the guy. This is the up and comer. This is the guy that's stepping in after, you know, after the um, the the uh, Twin Towers. Uh, you know, they, you know, obviously Robinson he retires, and then uh, you get um, oh Jesus, thing just slipped my mind. I had it right there. Um, you know, just, that just retired uh, at the center Tim position. Duncan. This was the yeah Tim Duncan, and and Leonard is sliding in and turning you know, trying to turn into that Tim Duncan or at least be at least three-fourths of what Tim Duncan was. And I think they could have got the – if they didn't win, if they ended up losing, I think they would have ended up losing this series four games to three if they had Leonard in the in the lineup. But it was there – that was the best team, the best shot to stop Golden State from going there. But really ticks me off, though, about this playoffs is, is that we're going to see the Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors sweep to get there all through the playoffs. And that is the thing I don't like about what I'm seeing in the, uh, in the NBA today. I really don't. I don't think anybody does, Sonny. I mean, that's been the big talk in, in the uh, NBA playoffs so far is, is how – how you know how much better? How do we got teams? Two teams doing it, one in each, uh, in the one in the east and one in the west doing it. It's just stupid. It, it just was, and, and you know, I, I, I'm not a. I'm, I, I, parts of me are uh, not a fan of parity, but a good eighty-five percent of me wants to see parity, and yes, and even in basketball. And that's what I don't like about the quote-unquote friendships that these players have with each other today, man. Because, you know, back in the day, and I hate to say it, my wife says, you say back in the day just a little bit too much, and she's right. But back in the day, players didn't like each other like they do today. No. It was all about competing against each other, not, hey, let's team up and win championships. Not one, not two, not three, not ten. You know? Yeah, thank you. 
it's a lot different, Sonny. It's a lot different now where it's, it's a mentality of, well, I can't beat them, so I'm just going to join them, just like Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant was is an example of a guy that, you know, um, despite what you want, you know, the, the ESPN and all them and the media want you to believe of their relationship between Westbrook and Durant. Yeah, I mean, it may not have been the best. At the same time, though, it was more about Durant knew that he wasn't going to get past Golden State. So he's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sign with them. I tell you, don't be surprised if he pulls a LeBron and he goes back to old Oklahoma City. I got an interesting question I want to ask you. And you're going to end up settling an argument between me and my brother on this. And I know I'm right because I've listened to my shows and I know, and, and we've talked about the NBA on this show. And I want to go back about five or six years. Cuervo, the love affair, the quote unquote love affair that Oklahoma City had with their big superstar, uh, their guy that just goes, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, who picks up and leaves and goes to, um, goes to Golden State. That really wasn't a love affair either, was it, Cuervo? Maybe it's me, but I remember that the fans were not a fan of what I remember them calling him the softest big man in, in, in the NBA today, and that was back in the day. I don't think there was a love affair between the fans and Kevin Durant like my brother seems to think that was a huge affair. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't think I am. The, the fans liked Kevin Durant, but there wasn't an over, you know, overzealous love for this guy, was there? Are you talking about when he got drafted? Well, when he – no, toward the end of it, you know, the last five years – right there in Oklahoma City. When he was drafted, Cuervo, this guy was the prince. I, I'm not even going to question that. People love the fact that they got Kevin Durant on this, but for the last five years of his playing career, right there in Oklahoma City, he had he, the big one. He was soft. He was the softest guy in the NBA. So, you know, well, and, and I remember it wasn't love that they had for Kevin Durant. I think it was more... Uh, a love to hate him. I, I think they love to hate him because he could not get the job done and get them to the NBA finals in the championship. And you know what, Sonny, you are correct about that. I think it's one of those things where uh, off the, now off the court, people in Oklahoma, eh, let me try that again. Off the court, people in Oklahoma city absolutely love Kevin Durant because of the things that he does in the community He's a community yes. guy. You know, he, he donates his time to doing things like help build, you know, uh, uh, a project home and, and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so he does that stuff, and we've seen it. So it's not just a myth of, oh, well, people say that Kevin Durant does that. No, we, we, they've showed it on TV, okay? So yep. off the court, oh, yeah, Oklahoma City, the city down there, Kevin Durant is like almost, almost a god to them, okay? Now, when it comes to on the court, you do have that argument that, yes, people were starting to question, not necessarily his heart, but his, his, as, as, 
as Michael likes to say, the competitive nature. You know, how, yes. how bad does that taste of how bad is the taste of victory for Kevin Durant? Or is he just kind of coasting in his career where he's satisfied by getting so far and he's going to live off of the whole like, well, we think we can get to the next level with him, so we're going to continue to pay him. Well, you know, it, it wasn't and, – and Oklahoma City was, was just a team that made it to the finals that one year, but it hadn't been back since, and – the relationship with him and Westbrook, it, it wasn't it wasn't going well. It just it, no. whatever routine, whatever for whatever reason, those two could not. They were not gelling together. I guess you could say. So it was time for the, you know, for one of them to make a decision on whether they were going to stay or whether they were going to go. And I remember we talked about this two or three years ago, and even I said. If anybody's going to leave, Durant, for the, for the Thunder's sake, for the Thunder's sake, Durant needs to be the one that leaves because you don't get anywhere without a point guard. And the Thunder, even even for what they did this year, they would not have been nowhere near as good had Durant stayed and Westbrook left. I think you're talking about a team in Oklahoma City who probably would, never, would not have made the playoffs. And I'm not saying that Westbrook is a better player than Durant. I think he's more valuable than Durant simply because of the position that he plays. You have to have a point guard. You have to have a point guard in this league to, to survive. Think of, look at the four. If you have a point guard, you're in a lot of trouble. Just ask the uh, Boston Celtics who just lost Isaiah Thomas. Right, and, that, and that's that's what I'm saying. You look at the four teams that are still in it right now. The Celtics are done. This this series is over after today, uh, or not, not today, but um, it'll be three nothing after today. It'll be it probably Tuesday or whenever the next. Day. It's going to be a sweep, okay? You look yeah. at San Antonio, all right, and, and and I know what I said two weeks ago, and I stick by it, okay. The best thing that could have happened to, to the Spurs was that Tony Parker going out, okay? Because it shows the kind of team that they still had. They got through that Houston series without Tony Parker. So they wouldn't even be yeah. where they were right now if it wasn't for guys like Patty Mills and all of them. The reason that the Spurs are struggling so bad is because, obviously, Kawhi Leonard is out. Yeah. Right? If Kawhi Leonard was in this thing, it's a, it's a different series. I could make the argument that, it would be right now. The Spurs would be up in the series two games to one. I can make I argue agree. right now. I think, I think it's a legitimate argument. So, so you got that, okay? So obviously the Warriors have Steph Curry and the Cavaliers have Kyrie Irving, okay? Those are two perennial point guards, all-star guys, and Boston. No Isaiah Thomas. He hasn't been right for a while. The reports are coming out saying. He's been hurt for a little while, whatever you can make yeah, yes. excuse all you want. Whatever. But he's still he's still a point guard that is considered one of the best in the game. He's an all star. So at least three out of the four teams have top tier point guards. Okay. Um you, you look at uh you know, a team like Houston, they've got James Harden, arguably the MVP of the league. Well guess what? He doesn't have a point guard that can help him and get 
and, and create opportunities for imagine how how much better Harden would be if he had a point guard that helped him, to help him create opportunities to score. No, the problem is he thinks he's the he thinks he's the point guard. Well, don't you think? I mean, Cuervo. I mean, when you look at James Harden, okay, you know, and, and I, I don't want to say this guy's an egomaniac. I don't want it, I don't want to take it to that point. But he thinks that. It, it, how do I say that? He thinks he's the superstar of that team. And, and frankly, he's a superstar. He should not be the superstar to where he thinks that he can be the LeBron James type. And what I'm talking about is the coach on the court, like like a LeBron is. I think this guy, I, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there, and people think I'm right. James Harden is so jealous of LeBron James, it's pitiful. I, I think I think it's so obvious. Because of the type of person that he is and what he does give off is maybe not as much as LeBron James because LeBron James knows he has it. But I think a James Harden thinks that he should be a LeBron James type guy. Well, I mean, he can put up numbers like LeBron if that's what he's saying. But as far as his leadership, as far as his uh, impact on on not just games but the league. He's not touching LeBron. I'm sorry. He's not. Impact. Okay. Uh, uh, impact. He can score him all day long. It's the impact. I think that's the key of what you said there, Cuervo. Yeah, because the difference between LeBron and James Harden is LeBron makes makes other guys better. He elevates he elevates their game. He challenges. His teammates to elevate the game. James, James Harden just like feed me the rock and I'll be good. Yeah, it's a big difference. Agree, agree. And all you gotta do is look at Kevin Love on that, and that's the, that's the example you can look at because really, it, when when they picked up Kevin Love, I remember us talking about that when Kevin Love was going to to. The, we're like, how does that fit? Well. It may and necessarily don't fit Cuervo, but it does go to what you said is that he makes them better. And you know, big big time. I think if they if they don't have Kevin Love on that basketball team, I'm not saying they don't make the playoffs. Hell, I'm not even going to say they don't win the championship. But I'm going to tell you, it'd be it'd be much different. In other words, it would not be in the situation where we're having a sweep going into the NBA finals. Yeah, I mean it's that that is a joke. Like how lopsided this playoffs has been. Um, yeah, I, 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 kind of, I, I can't. I, it's, and it goes back to what I was saying before. The NBA right now it's unwatchable until you get to the finals. It, it's really because of the lopsidedness. Um, it, it's crazy. It would be different if they were all just horrible basketball. Which don't get me wrong. The NBA has not been stacked with high quality, you know, high quality. Um, I'm not sure why people, and I'll be honest, I'm still not sure why people watch these games. Uh, but that having been said, the lopsidedness is the reason why we never got, I mean, you know, it, it, you're not going to get that average team to come out of nowhere. 
I mean, because look what happened in Cleveland. How Cleveland didn't even have the best uh, regular season record in their conference. The the Boston Celtics do, and they they act. And I'm gonna tell you right now, they don't even look like they can step on the court with with the. It's like the a. It's like the D League stepping up to play an NBA basketball team. It's it's scary how good the talent is and the lopsidedness that Cleveland has over Boston. Yeah, 41, Sonny. 41 points. Why do I bring that number up? That's how much Cleveland was beaten Boston by in game two. Yeah. At, At halftime. At halftime. Ridiculous. But, I mean, they might as well just threw in the towel. They went out there and just did it in the second half. They should have just said, you know what? You know, this is not worth it. Now, in that game, Cuervo, that is where we came down to Isaiah Thomas not going to be in the playoffs yet. Another another guy that has the impact for their team. They lost the guy. I mean, so you look at a Kawhi Leonard on the other side. You have Isaiah Thomas on the other side. And and I I love the quote that's coming from LeBron James. We hate that Isaiah got hurt. Why is that? Because LeBron James knows he can own Isaiah Thomas. I believe that, too. I think that was a facetious statement that he made. You know, we hate that, that Isaiah got hurt. Why do they hate that? Because now they're going to have to work. Because now here comes a guy who they don't have film on as much or know much about offense, so they got to figure out how to beat him. Will they beat him? Yes, but they're actually going to have to think now. Well, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Sonny, Avery Bradley is their backup. So, uh, yes. And he's a pretty well – he's a well-known guy around the league. I believe he was with the Rockets. So, I mean, he was a Western Conference guy before. But from playing throughout the years against Houston, I'm pretty sure they know a little bit about him. You know, it's not like it's this unknown guy that nobody's ever heard of or – or anything like that. It's not like two years ago with Deladova came in for Kyrie Irving in the finals, and you know, right. the guy just turned in. He turned into Pistol Pete Maravich out of nowhere, and we're like, "Where the hell did this come from?" You know. And, right. Um, so, so Avery Bradley is a guy that people know about, Sonny. So I think I think you're going to see the same looking results. Uh, maybe not 41 point lead at halftime. But I think I think the Cavaliers have their way with Boston. I don't think it really changes a whole lot. Um, it doesn't. And they're still yeah, sweeping without question. But they got The thing is, they have to think differently. I mean, they knew what they were getting with Isaiah Thomas. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, it, I'm not saying Isaiah Thomas keeps them in this in this game in these games. Not it's not even. In fact, it's not even close. But. It's more the fact that they have to prepare for something different. They'll still beat them, but they got to get out of their coast mindset and they got to think a little bit differently going into the game. That's I think is pretty much all I'm saying. I think I don't know, but I actually when LeBron James said that we hate that Isaiah got hurt, I think that was more of a jab more than anything because because they know they can beat Isaiah Thomas. You know, with the Celtics with Isaiah Thomas, they know they can. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Sonny, I, I'll be honest with you, and a lot of people may hate you for for uh, having me as a co-host, uh, for making this statement here. I don't really see what the big hype about Isaiah Thomas is. He's an undersized point guard. Me neither. That, that, that is an average shooter 
and doesn't have a whole lot of. I mean, he's he's kind of like you know uh, a I don't want to say Muggsy Bogues, but you know like a Spud Webb. And I know you know Spud Webb personally, so as I that's why I'll use him. I'll use him as an example. You know, undersized point guard who only had so much success in the league. So to me, I think. <laughs> And by the way, speaking of the Celtics, congrats to them. I mean, you talk about a team that has, you know, good fortune. I mean, how many times do we see a team make their conference final and on top of that have the number one pick in the draft? Like, yeah, like this is like this is like some video game stuff right here. But I'm right there with you. Know, you. you know, <laughs> who's to say that they don't say screw the Lakers and what you want? We're taking Lonzo Ball number one overall. Did mm-hmm. you see that happening? I, I, I'm right there with you, Cuervo. I don't know. Do I think it will happen? Probably not. Um, I think Boston goes in a different direction. And, I mean, in reality, I think, I think what they should do is go hard. And I mean go hard at uh, talking to Kevin Durant and getting him to opt out of his contract with the, with the Warriors. Go over to, over to the East where, you know, I mean, this is, I mean, it may not look good right now, but Danny Ainge can be like, look, as you saw, okay, I know you were playing in your conference finals, but we, we are here, okay? So what that, what that means is you have the opportunity to – pass LeBron and get to the finals, you know, in the Eastern Conference and try to dethrone this Golden State team or whatever. And to me, I think, I think they should have went after him last year a little bit harder than they did. But I think this uh-huh. year they could, really, they could really sell it to Durant and say, look, we have a perennial point guard in Isaiah Thomas, okay? If you yeah. come in and you be the leader. You be the leader of this team. I know Al Horford's been a little bit older than you, but he's not the all-star that you are. On top of that, on top of whoever it. we take, whoever we take at number one, they're gonna they're gonna go under your wing. You can take them under your wing and make this your right hand man for the future. I mean, who wouldn't want that situation? If, if how would you not want that situation if you're Kevin Durant? Instead of staying in Golden State where you're known as like the number two, three guy, you can come to Boston. You can be you could be a sports town hero. I mean, you'd be hanging out with Tom Brady, going to Red Sox games. You know, I mean, Boston is a sports town. Oakland, California. I mean, yeah, they've got the Raiders and that's great and all, but they're moving after next year. What do you have right. in Oakland? Who? The A's? Are you kidding me? You come to yeah. Boston, dude. Boston yeah. is a perennial sports town. Tell me you wouldn't. Tell me that wouldn't sell Kevin Durant. And not I, only I, that, not only that, they got the number one pick in the draft next season. That's what I'm saying, Sonny, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like you could take that guy, whoever it is that we take number one. Okay, and, and I'm yeah. Danny Ainge talking. Whoever this guy is. He, we're going to have him go under your wing and you're going to mentor this kid. You're going to make him the star that you were and be, and you'll be a part of Boston Celtic history forever. Especially if you beat the Cavaliers and you beat LeBron James, 
you're going to be right up there with, with Brady and David Ortiz and all these other great Boston sports guys. You're going to be right there in the Rushmore of Boston sports. If you come here and, and you help us dethrone LeBron James, who's, been, who's going to be going to seven straight finals after, after right. this year, mm-hmm. seven straight. Yep. I mean, think about it. I mean, and, and Boston, again, it's a huge sports town. You got nothing in Oakland except, yeah, the weather's nicer. Okay, whoopsie freaking do. You know what I mean? To me, I, I hate when people bring up, well, th- you know, th- this free agent should go here because the weather is nice. You really think they care about the damn weather? Colin Calvert, <laughs> I'm talking to you specifically. He Thank you. Thank weather. you. It's like, it, he's always like, well, the weather is nicer. Why would they not want to go there? It's like, dude, they don't care about the damn weather. They care about money and winning. That's it. That's it. Money and winning. That's it. So I, so I, I don't know. It, 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 it's one of those things where it's going to get interesting. Yeah. If I'm the Celtics, I go, after, I go after Durant again. I try to convince him to opt out of that contract and come to Boston. Got to. I, I think I'm right there with you. It's going uh, to – I don't know. So I, I, I think we're both in agreement on who's going to get there. Um, and what's going to go on? There's lots of talk I've listened to. You know, all unfortunately, I've been driving a little bit too much, so I've been listening to a lot of sports talk radio, which normally I don't, uh, because I find it self serving and ass kissing too much of what's going on. Uh, that being said, when you're looking at these finals, Cuervo. Uh, you know, who's going to walk, is it going to be Golden State? I mean, without question, it's going to be Golden State and the Cavaliers getting in there. And all I've been hearing is, is that this is the year that the Cavs can't get it done. And I, I, I'm sorry, I don't see how, and, and I hate to sound like Colin Cowherd because the, he's the biggest LeBron James fan ever. I know Golden State is good, but, I, you know, and I'm not saying that, LeBron James has the heart that if that was Michael Jordan, I wouldn't have a question on who else taken. But I just have a feeling – I have the Cavaliers in this one, you know, and, and winning the championship over Golden State. Um, and I know they got everything over there as far as that with, Kev, you know, the new pickup with Kevin Durant and everything else. But, man, that I, I just I, – I think, I think when I look at it as a whole – I think the one two is just a little bit better. Forget about one two three. I think the one two is better than what you're getting at Golden State, and I think that's the reason why. And of course, obviously, being the one would be LeBron James. The other one's Kyrie Irving. I can't imagine what Golden State is really going to be able to do to stop those two in the in this series. Well, what I like about Cleveland, Sonny, is is they have a lot better depth. I think they have a better bench. Um, yes, their their bench is a lot better. So I mean, unless they plan on playing Durant and Curry for forty eight minutes every game in the finals, they eventually have to get some sort of rest. Now, who's their backups? You know what I mean? When you look at when you look at Cleveland's bench, uh, when LeBron and um, and uh, uh, Irving need to get a rest, I mean, look at their bench. I mean, Darren Williams, Sonny, is a guy who was an all-star in Dallas, so you, you are familiar yep. with him. Yeah. Okay. 
Darren Williams is their backup point guard who could probably start in half in, on half of these teams in the league right now. And he's yeah. the backup point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, he's chasing a ring. Okay, so what? A lot of guys do it. Anyway, so when Kyrie Irving needs a rest, guess what? Aaron Williams is a great backup to, to Kyrie Irving. He's a guy that, that again, will, will fill in just fine, okay? He's, he's a distributor. We'll get LeBron the ball. We'll get Kevin Love the ball. You know, Tristan Thompson, whatever. And then, and then when LeBron needs a rest, it's, um, I want to say it's Shumpert that's his backup now. It is. It is. So, I mean, again, that's a guy that, you know, um, don't get it confused with J.R. Smith. He's not the trouble, you know, he's not the crazy one. Shumpert is the more quiet guy, okay? Yeah. Shumpert yeah. was a huge contributor to, to them in the finals last year. So that's what I like about Cleveland. I think that's why they beat uh, – you know, the Warriors, it's going to probably go to seven again, which I would love I to agree. see. But um, in the end, I think, I think the, uh, the depth and the, the, the physicality that Cleveland plays with, um, because they can be physical when they want to be, um, I think that's what sets them apart from Golden State. Now, the only way right. Golden State really having their way with, with Cleveland is, is obviously if the three is, is working for them and, and they're on fire uh, from three. But, I mean, as you saw yesterday, Sonny, I mean, you, if you watched the beginning of that game against the Spurs, the Spurs the, I thought the Spurs played a great game yesterday. The only problem was that, you know, at, at the end, Golden State started to hit a lot of, you know, they started to catch yep. fire, and big, when big that shots. happens, yeah, when that happens, Sonny, I mean, I'm sorry, there's not really a whole lot you can do uh, unless you try to, you know, stick your foot in front of somebody's, you know, you know, under somebody else's foot to try and injure them, which we've seen that a few right. times in this series. Um, right. But that's the only way you're going to slow down the the Warriors is if, if those guys aren't even playing when, you know, due to injury. So, um, but I think, I think Cleveland is the one team that can slow them down from doing what they want to do in the perimeter. Um, you know, Cleveland's got good perimeter defense. So, and that's, and that's how they beat them last year, you know, with, with the yes. good perimeter defense kind of limited them to what they wanted to do from, from, from the three and, you know, even well, they won three in a row to do it too last year, right, Cuervo? Well, yeah, they were down three games to one. Uh, the the yeah. Cavaliers were so. So I mean, you know, it it that was that was more that they just Cleveland wanted it more than Golden State did. They kind of, I think the problem that Golden State has was, well, we won seventy three games. We have nothing to prove. We're the best team of all time. Well, yes, not quite. Okay. You got to yeah, get the job exactly. done. You got to finish it. You know, just like the Bulls back in the day. It doesn't mean a thing without the ring. I'm sorry, right. it's true. You know, yep. you don't. I, I think don't, I'm right there with uh, you. Yeah, you don't. You don't go and buy a Lamborghini with no gas in it, right? What's the point in having yeah. a Lamborghini if you don't have enough money to put gas in it? That's I agree. what happened with the Warriors last year. They were the Lamborghini. Ran out of gas. All they had, to, and they ran out of gas. That's it. <laughs> 
It, so. Big time. And I think the key in this one, and I'm going to tell you the reason why they win this one, is that LeBron is willing to dish the ball clear, though. And it, it, we're just seeing a different LeBron than we had in the early years of his career. Uh, you know, he's willing to dish the ball. And not only that, when he dishes it, it's always at a good time, Cuervo. I, I, I will tell you that normally when you're seeing LeBron about ready to pull up, he's going to take that shot. He's looking for an extra two seconds before he takes that shot, Cuervo. And that's the difference between the game that he played, you know, you know, for, you know just short of three years ago and back. Uh, to where it is now. The guy's willing to dish. Why is he willing to dish? He's got. He, now I'm not saying he didn't have the one, two, three down in or you know over in Miami. He did. But here's the thing: with him dishing now compared to what he dished before, you still had Dwayne and Chris Bosh there. Okay, you still you had the guys that were the number you know number two and number three within the league. And, you know, when he dishes now, he's not dishing to guys that are the big superstars. So it, I think the fact that it looks better when he dishes this, you know, these years now, these last two years, it looks better. It looks better for him, and he looks like more of an overall player and not as much as the selfish player as this guy has had the reputation of for the last uh, three seasons before the last two, before this year well, and last year. I, I'll say this, Sonny. I think it's a, it's a, it's a situation where it's kind of like, it's kind of like you and me at our job. Okay. It, it's like the saying goes, if you, in your mind, if you want, some, you want something done right, you do it yourself. Yes. Right. We have yes. that expression before. And I think with LeBron in Miami, he went down there with that mentality of, well, and it's not that he had to prove himself to, to the Miami Heat or anything like that. It was his opportunity to, to continue to do what he was doing in Cleveland and carry a team and, and be like, well, if we're going to win this championship, I've got I to gotta do all the legwork myself. Okay? Right. And, and, and for – you know, for at least two seasons, hey, it works. You know, they won. They won two championships yeah. down there. And, and Dwayne Wade was cool with it. He took a step back and said, hey, Ron, it's your team, man. You're the superstar of the league. Here you go. So Dwayne Wade, much respect to him, for being willing to take a step back and be, be LeBron's sidekick, even despite the fact that he had been there his whole career, you know, which yeah. at that time was, what, seven, eight years? Okay, eight years, yeah. So, and, and Chris Bosch is like, well, I'm just here, you know what I mean? Like, I'm here making my money, you know, I'm, I'm Chris Bosch. So, you know, and it was all about Wade and James. Let's, let's be honest here. Chris Bosch was the forgotten guy. Probably, people probably don't even realize if he was in the game or not. So, anyway. Exactly. So, so that happened down in Miami. When he came back to Cleveland, Sonny, everything changed for him. Everything changed for him. And this is where Colin is right, because I remember him saying this. His role absolutely changed when he went back to Cleveland. He wasn't the guy anymore that was like, I'm going to do all the legwork myself and win championships. He became more of a mentor, okay? And, and, that's, and that's the difference you see with LeBron now as compared to back then. 
he's he is the mentor. He's the guy that's helping guide these young dudes like Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson and even Kevin Love to an extent, even though, you know, people say that their relationship is not, you know, it's a little spotty at times or whatever. But I think after they won that championship last year, things changed. When you win, things change. You start, right. you start feeling differently, okay? And I think that's the thing about LeBron. That's the because you mentioned something. There's something different about his game. Well, to me, he he's not the guy that, um, you know, feels like he has to do everything. And that's why he he has more trust in his teammates because of the fact that he he. I mean, winning a championship obviously builds that trust too, but. He knows he can count on certain guys. But that team in Miami, after after you know Dwayne and Chris Bosh, I mean, who could he really trust on that team? Who Mike Miller? Exactly. Who who, who couldn't really hit many threes? I mean, I think Ray Allen was probably the most trusted team that he had, aside from those two the whole time he was in Miami, because Ray Allen bailed him out in the finals against the Spurs. Let's be honest here, okay? Ray Allen bailed him out. And yep. so with that said, Sonny, I think now he's got a team with guys that he gets along with, he trusts, okay, to include the coach, okay? We didn't even mention that part. You know, what was the relationship between him and Eric Spolster down in Miami? Well, we saw the video of him walking, you know, getting the shoulder thump and whatnot. So it kind of made us question, well, you know, how, yep. what's the relationship between it? Because the, the relationship between the coach and the best player on the team has to be solid. It has to be solid. And I think, I think in Cleveland, that's how it is now. Ta- you know, LeBron and Tyron Lue, I think, they, I think their relationship is, is good. Um, they may not always agree with everything, but, you know, that's, that's the nature of the beast. I mean, it's not always going to be that way. Um, but I think that's what has changed about LeBron's game is, he trusts his teammates a lot more than he did in Miami, um, and he's more of a he, he plays more of the mentor role um, as opposed to being the guy that has to do all the legwork. Right, and and that's uh, by the way, unfortunate for Chris Bosh. He, I think he had what what uh, blood clots that were keeping him off the court. Uh, yeah. I know he's yep. still trying to get back. And so um, that would be really interesting if he gets back up on the court, how much he, they would be able to – how much he could actually be used if he actually uh, gets cleared um, to do what he does, you know, obviously in basketball and everything else. That was that was an interesting story about how that ended up coming down because – but, you know, but, you know, talk about the difference between an NFL contract – and a major league baseball contract as well as an NBA contract, uh, Chris Bosch, you know, is still still receiving this twenty three million dollars. Uh, so, um, yeah, so you know, next year I think it's twenty six. So um, he's still getting paid. Uh, so you know, at least you know, for Chris Bosch's sake, at least he can still bring home the paycheck without actually putting it out there on the court. So. Um, uh, really interesting how that whole thing worked out. I think I even heard that uh, Pat Riley wishes that they didn't give him a max contract, or should give it to Dwayne Wade, 
maybe Dwayne Wade would still be a Miami Heat player more so than where he is now. That being said, Cuervo, do you see Dwayne Wade in Chicago next year, or will he be be one of these guys that will now drift from team to team? Um, I think in the best interest of both Wade and the Bulls, I think uh, I think Dwayne Wade needs to part ways. Um, if he wants to go chase a ring, that's fine. Um, but I think the Bulls need to focus more. Does he on need to play well, He's got two already. I mean, does he really need to chase a ring? I think he wants to. I, you know, honestly, I think he wants to go play with LeBron in Cleveland for one year. I really think – I really do believe that. And, you know, um, if that happens – He'd have to take well, a pay cut big time because they got they they got Kwame, they got Love, and obviously LeBron. Uh, they'd have to take a big hit. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean they've they've got they've got uh, Kyrie and LeBron, and I don't know I don't know if they're going to give those guys the what are those those max contracts or whatever. But um, I I think that. Uh, I think that could be – I think it's a possibility. But, again, I mean, like you said, he'd have to be willing to take a huge pay cut, even if it's, you know, $10 million bucks a year. Um, you know, it, 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 if he wants to go play with LeBron in Cleveland, that's just going to have to happen. Now, what do I think is actually going to happen? He's probably going to stay in Chicago because, again, he's not going to make that money anywhere else uh, other than right, right there with the Bulls. So I think I right. think he opts in, and um, and I think he plays next year with the Bulls. Um, there's been rumors that they're going to keep Rajon Rondo as well, which I, I mean I guess that's not the worst idea um, because it's, as they as it you know it was proof that the Bulls weren't the same team in the playoffs after that second game after Rondo got hurt. So, right. again, point, point guard, essential essential piece in the, that you need to win in this league. So, um, now... I think if he was smart, he'd stay. Well, that, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think, I think he is going to stay. I was just saying, if in the best interest of the Bulls and Dwayne Wade, I think he leave, he should leave. But... It's not going to happen, though. He's not going to get paid $23 million bucks uh, anywhere. Nobody's going to offer him that. So he might as well opt in, make his money this year. From there, eh, you know, let's, let's see where life takes him, I guess. Or, hell, for all we know, he's tired. But right. you know, we'll, we'll see. But, um, yeah, that's what I think going to happen. I think Wade's going to be a bull next year. Um, I think um, – Rondo will probably be a bull again next year. Uh, I, 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 as far as the bull, Sonny, I, I knew that this Hoiberg thing wasn't going to be a good thing. I, I never really believed that he was a good coach or that he was ready right. to coach in the NBA. Um, so it doesn't surprise me how bad they are. The thing that makes me upset more than anything about the Bulls, though, is that when they have opportunities to make some moves at the trade deadline, for example, they sit on their hands and they don't do anything. And that really upsets me because 
Um, you know, there, there's, there are things that they could have done, but, you know, they settle for 41 and 41. They're going to be in the middle of the pack draft pick. It does not make their team any better than what it was last year. So, in reality, I see the same thing with the Bulls. They're going to win 40 games again, 39 to 41, 42 games maybe. Uh, and right. they're going to be the same Bulls team that they were last year. You know, be an eight seed if they're lucky in the playoffs and probably get demolished by either Cleveland or Boston. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah, it should be. that is interesting when you think about where where they are in how it's going to play. So it should be interesting. So, hey, as we are set here, we are on the Couch and Potato Sports Show. We are uh, going over. We've talked a lot of things. Now, Cuervo, we got to get into some of the things that are going on in the NBA, or the NFL. As the NFL, obviously, it's, it's always news. I mean, it, it, the NFL is always doing something to where – uh, when you, when you're talking sports and you're talking, you know what's going on in sports. The NFL is always part of the news, and it's no different this week as it is uh, in any other week. So let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about what's been going on in the NFL. And you know, it's amazing how Tom Brady is in the news, and the guy doesn't even talk. It's somebody else that's always doing the talking. I, I just I find that amazing, and then I, I find it even more amazing. It's his wife that has ended up gotten you know gotten the attention to of everybody. Oh yeah. Um and 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 this is a it, this is a huge story, and and, and, mm-hmm. and this one that this one's bringing up some things that the NFL have to pay attention to, uh, because of the fact that who it is, I don't know. If this could have been any other, uh, you know, you know, football's wife speaking. I mean, this usually goes in one ear out the other. But the fact that it's Tom Brady's wife um, makes the fact that this has become a story. Talking about Tom Brady claiming that uh, he was never quote unquote diagnosed with a concussion, but that wife of his is saying, "Oh yeah, that guy had some concussions." Now, here's what I'm going to tell you, Cuervo. As a guy that has suffered through concussions throughout my life, I'm going to tell you right now, the wife always knows. Well, I mean, I, I, I've, I have yet to suffer from a concussion, Sonny. I, I, I count my blessings for that. Um, but I can, I can understand what you mean by that. I mean, She's the, she's the one person that talks to you every day, um, the one that sees you every day. So unless it's somebody at yeah. work, but even 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 then, it's like on the weekends. You know, I mean, you don't you don't see your people on the weekends that you work with. So, um, but anyways, I think this is a situation, Sonny, where she truly didn't understand or realize how much attention this was going to get. Yeah. She probably thought it was she she probably just felt like it was some innocent conversation that she was having on national television. Come on, uh-huh. <laughs> what was it? Good morning America? Or something like that? I think it was or, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So one of those morning shows. I, I'm sorry, Sonny. I, I, and I'm gonna say it because you probably won't hear this on ESPN and Somebody should have coached her before going on yeah, that it, show. 
Yeah, Absolutely. Don't go saying Tom and concussion. Those two, those two words should never, never, never go together. Because let me tell you right now, Sonny. Now, you think, you think the rough, the, the passer on Brady was bad before. Mm-hmm. Don't breathe it. Don't breathe his oxygen. Do not breathe the same oxygen he's breathing, or else you're getting a flag. You're getting a, a, a fine, possibly even yep. suspended. You breathe, you took Tom Brady's oxygen away, and that's why he had shortness of breath on the field. And we're going to find out about that after next next season. And somebody's going to get about, suspended for for stealing his oxygen. I, I want <laughs> to tell you right now, I, I, and I'll say it as very impolitically correct as it sounds, is someone needs to shut that woman up. And, and there's a couple of reasons why, okay, Cuervo. And, and it, it's when I heard about the story, it, it, it gets into my mind that sometimes when women get a, a light of notoriety, okay, a light of, notor- a light of notoriety to where when she speaks, people are going to listen to her. That is Tom Brady's wife. Forget the fact she's a model. If, if, you know, she's, she's super famous for not even opening her mouth, okay? Okay, that's what she's really known for. She's not known for speaking, okay? She's a model, for God's sake. She doesn't need to speak to make money. So when, when I'm, if I'm Tom Brady, when she walks in the door, I'm looking at her and going, what the hell are you doing? You don't even know necessarily the impact of what you said, how that's going to affect my career. Notice how I said that you don't know what you're talking about. And that's two different things, Cuervo, because I'm going to tell you, the woman knows what she's talking about. I, and I, I don't even put that past her because this is the woman that knows what kind of day that she's going to have with Tom Brady after 15 minutes, she wakes up with him. I'm telling you, that's when they know. Because after the sleep and everything, you wake up. My wife knows exactly what Sonny Clark she's going to get during that day and how I'm going to be throughout the day. It's just something that usually starts in the morning. So when the concussion syndrome that undoubtedly every NFL player has to a certain extent, it's, you know, that's debatable depending on who it is or whatever. Tom Brady's taking some hits. I've seen his head hit, not just grass, but AstroTurf. How's this guy even not even seeing stars as he's taking the next nap? So, there's no question Tom Brady has had concussions. And I'll even, I'll even take it further. The guy suffered probably to a concussion last year, but it wasn't noticed because he wasn't <laughs> diagnosed or even looked at saying, did he pass the concussion test? That didn't happen. Funny, but he, he they stopped there, Cuervo, when that's talked yeah, about. Of course. I mean, again, I mean, I, I, I I, and I'm with you. I'm I'm sure she knows. I'm not saying that she she's knows. making it up or trying to, you know, get extra attention or anything like that. Why would you want it? But I'm and I'm not saying that she's full of it either. I mean, 
I believe it. When she says that he's had concussions, I believe her. You know, and I, yeah. and I think I'm I, I'm in full agreement with you that I'm not questioning whether it's true or not. At the same time, though, again, like I said, I don't think she realizes how much attention it's getting. You know, yeah. and I think as soon I think as soon as the camera cut, she probably took a deep breath and she said, "Oh crap, what did oh I shit." Do? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly. I, I promise you that was her exact reaction because somebody probably gave her a look as soon as that camera was cut and the interview was over. It wasn't, it wasn't the interviewer. The interviewer loved it. The interviewer was like, oh, God, yeah. yes, I got it. I got it. I got it. You know, and, and uh, now the NFL. I just got to pay raise. But you know what, though? Does it really surprise us, though, Sonny? Not in the fact that Tom Brady had concussions, because if you go back and you look at that Super Bowl, his head got wrapped yep. a couple of good times. Okay, A couple of times, absolutely. That is not what I'm questioning. But are we surprised that it was never reported? Because that is Bill Belichick right there. How many times have we brought this up where he does not fully disclose injuries? Now, Absolutely. In his defense, again, this is this is TB12 we're talking about here. The Almighty mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Oh, he, he he can't be on that injury report, right? Yeah, I've seen him on it before, but it was for like illness. He had the, he had a fever or a you know a cold. Like, okay, he's gonna be fine in a few days. Okay. Oh, for concussion? Uh-oh. Now that's that, – that, I mean, that's all you're talking about all week. That's all you're Absolutely, talking about. Absolutely, because that's the NFL's baby right now. And, and even if it's week seven of the regular season, that is all people are talking about is Tom Brady and his little bitty headache. So, and, in a way, yeah. I kind of I don't blame Belichick for never disclosing that information, okay? But isn't that but isn't that illegal? Aren't you supposed to report that stuff? Aren't you supposed, supposed to, to list that? And that's, that's what's going to be key about this because our, the NFL's already on this. As soon as that clip was played, Cuervo, the first thing yeah. that they did is Get me the injury reports of the uh, Indian Patriots, please, uh, uh, through week number five through week 17, please. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. That's exactly what the conversation started with, and it's not the conversation that the New England Patriots need right now. Hey, that love love relationship between Roger Goodell and, P- uh, and Robert Kraft is over. Okay, they're divorced. Okay, and and... and and Roger Goodell knows this, by the way. Um, so now Robert Kraft has got to keep his nose clean. This is, and I'm not saying that there should not be a reason to fire shots at the Patriots, but this goes back to that. I'm so tired of hearing about it. You know that it's always something about the Patriots, but now it's his wife that let the cat out of the bag kind of thing as far as how things are being reported to the NFL regarding injuries. Right. And, and, and before anybody tries to even go down that road, 
All right. I don't it, it to me it's not it's not cheating. It's not oh well, you know, that's why the Patriots win Super Bowls because they don't li- they don't list all the injuries. You know how stupid you sound if you try to if you try to pull that and say, Well, well the Patriots are cheaters because they don't list all their injuries. No. No, that 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 has nothing to do with it. So uh, please don't 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 email Sonny saying See, that's why the Patriots are cheaters and they keep winning because they didn't listen yeah. to Tom Brady's concussion. Like, no, you're, that sounds ridiculous, okay? When it comes to things like deflating footballs and, and, and you know, taping other teams' practices, okay, that impacts games, all right? Not listing right. concussions on an injury report, okay? I just wanted to throw that out there, Sonny, you know, because there are, there are some big indicators. And they will try to use that to say that the Patriots are cheaters, okay? Not you want to know what? The, the funny thing is, you're right. It sounds so stupid, but guess, guess what? The, the team that didn't expose concussions won the Super Bowl, okay? All right, so <laughs> you can't be the concussed quarterback in the NFL. You shouldn't play. Um, you know, it, that kind of thing. That's how dumb that, that argument well, sounds, Squareville. And, and you know what? You're right because, correct me if I'm wrong, if a, if a doctor diagnoses a player with a concussion, they, they cannot play in the game, in the next game. They're not allowed to play in the next game. On the sideline, yes. Okay, so who's to say that Brady – and now he barely got touched in that game against the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. But right. who's, to say, who's to say at that point in time he didn't have a lingering concussion? And if right. the NFL would have found that out, if the NFL would have found that out, guess what? Jimmy Garoppolo is starting in the Super Bowl for the Patriots. I, exactly. And here's one of the things that you that people don't know about concussions it is is that a concussion that was suffered from last year, the year before that, or the severity of the concussion when it's got can affect any football player at any given second. Never mind getting hit in the game. There, you know, there, there's just certain things, you know, about how concussions affect the human body that people don't get. People think that a concussion affects you, you know, just, you know, until you get cleared by a doctor. Oh, contraire, my friend, you don't know what you're talking about because the concussion syndrome, folks, I don't, I don't even play professional sports. I haven't had, you know, the, when I got the concussions, we're talking seven years ago, okay, and it still affects me to this day. So that that's also another thing that maybe that his wife might have wanted to put out there before going all out, just kind of making a broad statement. This was the situation where a woman, not that she doesn't know how or what she's talking about, is that she didn't know how to answer that question to where it didn't make it or bring up what is going on now. And a woman who sees it every single day makes a statement that as innocent as it was, Cuervo, let's be honest, you know, it really didn't, it really didn't mean anything. Um, But I think the fact that when she said he suffered uh, a concussion through the 2006, she should have said, she he suffered from concussion like uh, 
conditions more so than he suffered a, a concussion. And that's where I think the wording is so huge. And she wasn't thinking about it when she said it. That's what's causing the uproar. And believe me, we'll go back to exactly what people are going to say. You know, I say, well, you can't be the concussed quarterback. But the argument on the other side is, well, he shouldn't even been in the game in the first place. So, you know, it, it's it, that's why that's why sports is so great, man. That's why sports well, is so great, because you can make one person look stupid one second and the other person who's saying the same thing, but just move the wording a little bit different and go, oh, that's right. That makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think like you said, Sonny, she probably meant to use the words concussion-like symptoms, which is yes. a lot different from an actual concussion. And now you're right. You know, it's really hard to beat a guy if he, if he in fact, at that time, was going through one. Um, the amazing right. second half that he had in that game you know, really leads me to believe that he was probably okay during that game. Um, Absolutely. Because, I mean, to, if, you, if you could do that, if you could do that during a concussion, uh, I don't even Sign them all. Can. Yeah, you sign them all. If you can do that, you give, you give him a pay raise. They hope he gets a concussion. but what i I will say though too is that um that um you know the the whole uh not being able to play and whatnot i i think that's uh really i mean i'm trying I can't remember what I was going to say, Sonny. I had a thought, and it kind of went away now. Um, if it comes back to me, I'll, I'll – uh, oh, I remember Ten four. It, it kind of, Ten it kind four. of <laughs> makes you wonder. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, and I think this is proof that even Tom Brady is not as important as winning in that, in that, in that franchise. Everybody is – I guess replaceable because yes. they were they were willing <laughs> to risk the great Tom Brady to win a championship. They were willing to risk. Well, I don't even think it was they risked it. Tom Brady risked it. Let's be honest, because if Tom Brady says he's ready to play, is anybody really arguing with the guy on the sideline, Cuervo? Well, no, no. I mean, that's, it's a good and it's a good point, but I mean. I, I just I just feel like uh, you know for as as much as people say like oh you know Tom Brady is is the golden child and this and that you know if yeah. he was the, in fact the golden child then I mean I think they maybe they handle the situation a little differently not necessarily in that yeah. he doesn't he doesn't play maybe they maybe they sit him out the second half against Steelers or or give him some time off, whatever. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be like, well, why did he not play? Well, he, you know, he threw up in in the locker room at halftime, and we decided to sit him out. I don't know. He makes something up. Well, I mean, yeah. But you know, I mean, to me, I, I just I just kind of feel like, um, you know, that it's it's that's a franchise that will do everything it takes to win. And when I say everything, right. I mean. They are willing to do anything. So, 
You know, yeah. it's, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, like you said, I mean, the, the medical records are going to be a huge thing, which some things are probably going to be omitted. There's going to be yes. seriously missing missing pages of, of uh, you know, medical paperwork. Medical uh, gate. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Medical paper gate. Yeah. There's concussion gate. But, but oh, well, here's you know. what it, – it's really interesting, though. Here's one thing I've learned about professional sports, especially in the position that I'm in, okay? People will do, they will say, they will act in any way to deceive somebody to gain that advantage, okay? So I will say that I've learned that, okay? And and if you don't believe me, you know, I, all I'm going to say is, is be involved with be involved with a professional sport on any level, and then you'll know what I'm talking about. The, the idea is to disguise. The idea is to keep it uh, under wraps. The idea is to try to get away with what you can get away with without getting caught. Okay, you, you say whatever you want about professional sports, and you can also say whatever you want about the NFL. Are they doing enough regarding concussions and things like that? It still has to boil down to it's not the NFL's situation, at least in this concussion thing, okay? Um, This is more on the shoulders of the players, and the players have got to take that responsibility. But the problem is in the NFL is when a guy sits, he doesn't make money, or it affects his future uh, earning potential if he doesn't play. The NFL is the only one that puts that much emphasis on what happens out on the field by a week-by-week basis, unlike baseball, where those contracts are guaranteed, along with the NBA, no matter how well you play. So with the fact that the NFL has the – I will tell you that I don't think the NFL would have ever got sued for anything if they had guaranteed contracts. And I believe this. But the fact of the matter is, is that the NFL realizes how the public reacts to a player who gets paid for playing more so than sitting, how much the fans like that more so than Major League Baseball when you've got a team that's 20 games out of first place, has no chance but yet they're soaking in a nice 10 to $15 million to play a game. So that, that's where I think all of this really kind of rolls into one to where people see. And the NFL, you know, they, they, they love the fact that the fans love that portion of it, but obviously the business portion of that idea is not there. The business portion of it is is you you play, you pay. You play, we pay. You don't pay, play, we don't pay. And that's where the, I think the NFL kind of gets lost on a lot of things. Oh, yeah. I mean, the contracts in the NFL are a lot different from, you know, what you have in any other sport. I think the closest one would be probably the NBA because of all the incentives. Um, you know, now, in the NBA, Sonny, is, are those contracts fully guaranteed as well, like it is in baseball, or yes. is it like the NFL? Yes, I mean, Chris Bosh Chris Bos- made $28 million bucks. He didn't step one foot out on the, on the basketball court. That's crazy. See, so, you know, I think that's why – that's another reason why there's so much pressure on guys to 
be willing to go as far as saying that they're that they're healthier than what they really might be because they're going to miss out on you know certain incentives. It's just like yeah, I mean it's just like you know the ones that um, you know have clauses where they have to take so many snaps in the season or. Um, you know, they have to, like, quarterbacks have to throw so many touchdowns for certain incentives. Yes. Uh, and, and incentive-based. It's, it's incentive-based. So, I mean, really, if you think about it, Sonny, we sit here and we criticize these quarterbacks where all they want to do is, is just chase the money. If we were them, though, would we not do the same thing? I mean, if we had the, you know. Exactly. Had the opportunity to make that type of money? I, I know I would. I know I would. I no, it's, I don't know, and, like, and that's that's why players lie, steal, cheat, take steroids, do everything that they can because it's not necessarily about the game; it's about the green. And when that if that can't get changed or players don't do it, I get it. it, it when when you train for something your whole life, hey. I'm in a business right now where, Cuervo, where guys should be out working a nine-to-five. They're not out working nine-to-five. They're working out nine-to-five and trying to get their bodies into shape, trying to make them, and chasing the dream. Chase the green that is that 98% of them are not going to get, and if they get it, they get it in Canada or in indoor football on the AFL level that has contracts that actually pay. So, you know, some of these guys are chasing seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year. Some of them are chasing millions of dollars a year. But when you work out for a living, you know, seven, you know, forty to fifty thousand dollars a year. That that's a pretty good work. Uh, that's a pretty good job. Work out eight hours a day, make fifty grand. So uh, it's all about chasing the dream. It's all about you know. It's all about the green and what you can put in your pocket. More so than the fact that you're a football player. And and that's Absolutely. and it is about the money that has really taken sports to where it is where you see you see organizations lying, stealing, and cheating, as well as the players lying, stealing, and cheating to get ahead. Absolutely, Sonny. I mean, you know, speaking of incentives and doing whatever it takes to get a certain center. Hey, shout out to Eddie Lacy, huh? I don't know if you heard the story. How about that? Yeah. Fifty-five thousand in his pocket for making weight. Yeah, two. He was two pounds under his weight. Yeah, and he only has to lose three pounds the rest of this month to get another fifty-five at the beginning of this next month. The fact that he was only two pounds under, Sonny, you know what that tells? Because I'm a guy that struggles with my weight. Okay, for for the standard <laughs> that I have to meet in my and my my uh, uh, you know employment, my field right. of uh, employment, uh, I have a weight standard that I have to maintain. And I struggle with it. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it and, and, and beat around the bush. I do. I, I, I'm a bigger guy than the military wants me to be, and I struggle with my weight. So the fact that he had all this time, and he signed how long ago with the Seahawks? And he was only three months ago, wasn't under it? his weight. Yeah, it was something like that. It was, it was, after, it was definitely – right after the season. The fact right. that he was only two pounds under tells me that he waited till the last week, Sonny, and, and he went on a crash diet. And, and, 
and, and if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But that is that is 100% my belief is that that guy <laughs> went on a went on a crash diet a week before his weigh in, and was like, I'll go ahead and I'll take that 55 grand now. Thank you very much. I'm gonna go straight to McDonald's. <laughs> I'm going straight to the Waffle House. I'm going to have a cheat week. <laughs> yeah, yeah not, a, not, not a cheat meal or a cheat day. I'm having a cheat week. He's cheat probably at the week. Waffle House right now as we speak. <laughs> yeah, he, he had to, he, he, he had to, um, he had to uh, you know, treat himself for doing so well, you know. I, I, that, that's it's a great story. You're right. The fact that Eddie Lacy put down his Twinkies for two weeks in order to make weight, I'm impressed. Mine's ding dong, so you know I know I I I I, I don't see. <laughs> but uh, everybody, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, Sonny. Good. I mean, good for him. Now, I'm not. I'm not. not yes. mad. I'm not mad at him. I just know that to be only two pounds under. <laughs> And especially, yeah. I'm sure he probably knew. He probably knew about the uh, the weigh-in. To me, it just kind of seemed like he waited last second to lose that weight. Yeah, yeah. I you would think. I mean, it, yeah. But you know, I I I mean, I don't know how you know. I know what the saying or the no, it's not the saying. It's the truth. Muscle weighs more than fat. So maybe that's it. Maybe he was. He was gaining a lot of muscle, Cuervo, more so than fat. But the pictures tell a different tale when you take a look at that in reality, especially throughout the years. So, <laughs> put it that way, you know, I, I don't know if it worked out or not. But, hey, we did it. Um, uh, we, uh, we're going to be out next week. I don't have any plans, so we should be right up on at noon uh, next Sunday uh, for next week. Uh, all aboard, right, Cuervo? I'm I'm ready if you are, Sonny. I'll be there. You betcha. So we're going to go ahead and take a seven, six-day break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some of the other things. We'll probably hit more. We, we talked a lot of football, or a lot of baseball and basketball, a lot of uh, other news as far as first-round draftees getting signed. Uh, bring you know, solidifying what they're doing. Uh, so yeah, they're all set and ready to go. So that's gonna do it for us here on the Show. Wow, that's round two. We'll take that one down, and we're out of here. Hope everybody has a good week. We'll talk to you this week. We have inside the CIF coming uh, as as a regular feature, and we'll be back on Sunday. Everybody have a good week. Clever, have a good one. Good to talk to you, my friend. Ah, you too, Sonny. Good to be back on. You have a good one. Have a good one, everybody. We're out of here. Bye-bye.